What it do, DMV? We are back. It is episode 44 of Chirpin' DMV. Caps on Friday this week. We switched it up to the playoffs and whatnot in the local level. But, oh boy, we wanted to get closer to trade deadline to make sure the Caps made a move. That's why this episode's out on Friday. So, KP, let's start with you. Let's give a little how was the weekend and what you got going on this weekend because I know you just made a trip. Yeah, I just got back from uh, Arizona. It was a great time. Got to see the Caps play out there. So uh, we will get into that later. I mean, but Arizona's awesome out there. The weather was nice. There's a lot to do around the arena. Throwing axes. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff to do right around their arena. It's like you a, met a new buddy. little hangout. Yeah. You met a dad, Caps dad. Yeah. Got, <laughs> I was hanging out with him. Got to meet Garrett Hathaway's dad. So, I mean, that, that was cool. He was just walking around the concourse, hanging out. Got to say uh, his name right. It's Garnet. Garden. No, we no, we're Garrett podcast member. We did talk about this during the summer. It's Garrett Hathaway. Garrett yeah. Hathaway. So let's kick it to you, AB, uh, with me as always. What's up, AB? Not much, man. Uh, hopefully, making Philly moves again this <clears> weekend. That'd be the move. That'd be the move. Yep. Um, what did you do last weekend? Anything crazy? Because it's been about. I feel like it's been two weeks since we've done the pod here, cap style. I gotta be honest. Couldn't tell you. I, uh, yeah, I, I I'm trying forget. to think of what happened last weekend <laughs> myself. I I just can't even remember honestly. I mean, we went to Philly two weeks ago. Last I know week. you were with Johnny because didn't you purchase a? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I went to DC. Ah, oh, fuck, that's what I did. Yeah, so yeah, I went to DC, hung out with TJ, did that whole thing. Yeah, I went to I went, circle. I went up to Baltimore Watched Friday, caps. Friday yeah. night, and uh, hung out with them. And yeah, yeah it was two weekends made ago. made fuck, a purchase. Dude, I don't know. Made a purchase to uh, head down to Tampa in May for Memorial Day weekend again. You're welcome, Johnny. Nice. Yeah, AB just wakes up and he's. Go ahead. You tell the story. All right. It was running. Uh, Mom, Dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is why my bank account is always low. I was so drunk, or not so drunk, but I was pretty drunk. Fucking that, pretty drunk here. Yeah, yeah, a little I was, tipsy. I was just at the bar, and I, I'm already headed down to Florida because uh, my sister is doing is, a Disney thing, yeah, right? She's, yeah, she's working. She's doing an internship at Disney World. So we're going down for it's her 21st. Um, oh shit! The weekend after Memorial Day, so we're going down Memorial Day weekend. Uh, my buddy Jim also lives down there in Tampa. I'm going down there. Jim actually gives me a call um, last week, last Thursday, and was like, "Hey, uh, Slick Max, whole squad's coming down for Memorial Day. What what day are you coming down?" And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm coming Friday. When are they staying until I'll just go down to Tampa for that half, and then the uh-huh. second the second half." Um, I'll go up and visit like with my family, and so I'm there. For, I'm there for the whole week. But Johnny said he was like, I, I tell him I'm like, Yo, dude, are you going down? And he's like, No, nah, I I can't afford that shit. And I was like, Dude, come on, man! Like the whole squad. Johnny's going, the glue guy. You like the whole the whole squad's going like big like, glue guy. You need yeah, you need you to be there. You can't leave one guy at home. Yeah, and he's just like, Dude, I just can't do it. And I was like, Let's look up flights right now. I, I bet they're not that much. He finds some for like three thirty or three sixty or something like that, and he's like, "Dude, I can't do this." I was like, "Johnny, I'll pay for half of it." Oh, that that's a for the boys move. Right it there. is. That's huge. <clears throat> like I said, he was like, "If you pay for he's half, a, he's this, a glue guy." He said, "He said if you pay for half of it, I will buy this t- play ticket right now." And I was like, "All right, do it." And then he bought it, and I sent him the money and the cash app, and then I yep cash app, and then I. Uh, Next morning, I look at my bank account. I'm like, oh, fuck. fuck. How much money did I spend at the bar? And you're like, wait a minute. I cashed apt. Hold your ears, Miss Tammy, but Johnny owes you a stripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I doubt it because he probably won't have any money, so. Might hit big. 
He might hit big. He, he, you he never knows. know. All right. You never know. So it's episode 44. We're back. It's Caps Talk. Happy Friday. Uh, we're sitting here. What are we drinking? Pink Whitney's. We're having a little buzz. We're live watching. I f- should mention we're live watching Caps Canadians. Ovi, six ninety nine already. Just hit it. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I'm. I, we'll get into it, but yep. I think we'll everyone's get into him. We'll get into that. its first game of Brendan Dillon. So yeah. let's start it off with a little scoreboard rundown, shall we, AB? Yeah. And we're back. The Caps are on the road and headed to the Rockies. The boys meet up with an old friend, Burakovsky, but he wasn't so friendly to us as he puts the abs up 1-0 early in this one. The Caps find themselves in a a familiar spot as they're down 2-0, but not to worry. The Caps start climbing their way back since they are in mountain time. Holpe shuts the door the rest of the way and the boys make a ferocious comeback just like Team USA. They start the road trip with a 3-2 win. The Caps were running through the desert as the Heat had the road team delusional coming in to fill the thrills Weenie Hut Jr. as the Yotes would hot dog the Caps out of the building rocks in their sexy ass kachinas. Carl Weezer Haglund would feed the chickens to tie the game at one, but Kobayashi Ketzel would soggy the Caps buns and net the game winner. Caps lose 3-1. We're headed to Vegas, boys. Ah, the memories. Huh. The save, DSP's Bobby Orgol. Laura's Cup winner, Sapphire Club, <laughs> some great set of New York, Vegas, New Yorks. The boys were basking in the memories a little too much in this game. They find themselves in another three nothing hole. Too little, too late as Oshi tries to carry them back with a two with two tucks. Caps lose again, three to two. Cardell, I didn't come here to play school, Jones. Uh, wait, the only schooling going on Saturday was the New York Guardians and Matt can't flip a coin McGloin. We learned what the Department of Defense really was all about as he throws two picks while thick boy Jones throws for 267 and two big titties as the greatest football team in D.C. improves to 2-0. That miracle shit is so awesome. Oh, did you want me to play it out? Kind of. Okay. Get going. Yeah, play it. keep playing it. Do you believe in miracles? Ah! Oh. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Let's let it play, but let's. So, the reason we bring it up uh, Saturday, tomorrow, the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. Pretty wild. Pretty wild beating the Russians. Yeah, I mean, I. And it's just so awesome for our age group because the Miracle movie came out when we were like little kids like playing kids, hockey. Kids, yeah. I, I mean, I was... we used to watch this game before going to games in the minivan of oh, somebody's still car. Do, still do. Yeah. Dude. We watched it on the team bus for Riken last year, no less than like six times. Right, just hypes you up. It's a wild movie. It's a great soundtrack. We're gonna let it fade out here. It's we're gonna let it rip. Um, you gonna watch it this weekend? I think I might. Yeah, honestly, I, have to watch it now. Did you see? I was ripping Mighty Ducks last weekend. Now yeah, I'm that's gonna, true. Now I'm gonna rip Miracle. So Dude. tomorrow, Saturday plans. I guess at some point I'm gonna watch Miracle. Yeah, drink a glass. We definitely have to do that. But have you heard that Disney's bringing out a Mighty Ducks TV show? I did, and I saw what it was like. Gonna Bombay's be back. Uh, well, I saw what it's kind of about, and it's kind of funny because it's it's very like real life shit. Really? It's like uh, what I just I don't want it to ruin the the, the it, movies, you know. It might. I don't know. So uh, don't watch it. What Bombay I, looking like a total bender. What I read was that the plot was going to be um the Mighty Ducks are basically this powerhouse youth hockey team. 
and just breaking jaws. Yeah, just like running shit and have so many state titles in a row. Yeah, and they're, they're the Hawks. Yeah, they they be, they become the Hawks, and then there's a kid that doesn't make the, the team, Unreal. but he's but he's really fucking good. Right, then, so they stay winning state championships. So then he starts. So then he goes and his mom goes and starts another team. Oh and shit! And they ruin the Mighty Ducks. And that's fucked up. And I guess I guess so. I don't know. That's that's what I read. I don't know if it's just rumors or what. Guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean. I don't so know. yeah, that was top of my list. You know, tomorrow fortieth anniversary miracle on ice. Uh, very awesome. Yeah, that. So when that game was happening, obviously none of us were alive. But no. what, I, like, what they have said is that that game, the feed was not live. No, it was tape backed. Like I think hours. Yeah, like ten like, hours. Hours. Yeah. Like the next day it played, and yeah. people were like, "Holy fuck!" Uh huh. And then you can't, you couldn't print paper and fucking uh-uh. get that shit out quick enough. And... Could you imagine that happening? That'd be nuts today. Like if you were the person, oh yeah, the outfields today would be nuts. Imagine the then being the person in the rink and the rest of the world pretty much not knowing until the next day. Yeah. Well, obviously, how much bigger it was than just a fucking hockey game that that we have learned that it was. Oh yeah. It was more of the U.S. kind of getting a knock at the Soviets well, during this whole. And I don't know if it was. I think what I yeah. what I was told was that the reason why it was played back so late is because hockey wasn't. Like the popular sport in the Olympics. No, uh-uh. so that's what like so they held it back. For it just like was another, what it was, yeah, yeah. For like another prime time, or something like that. They they wanted to play something else uh, before that, or something like that. Which Watching is, that actual game too is wild. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's have a you seen wild it? game. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I watched it. My dad. It's a bad game. Yeah, dude. my dad had me watch it, and I was like, "They're not good." And You're like, talking about the like the actual live. Yeah, okay. yeah. And he, the, like, the blue ice. I was like, "These guys aren't good." He was like. This is how hockey was in the 80s, dude. And I was like, Damn. Okay. Man, that's, that's not good. The Russians just had robots out there pretty much. Yeah. yeah. They, like, I heard a time that they, they had, like, all left-handers on a team because they, they wanted to, everybody to know, like, where they were, and like, they were, the stick. Weren't they all, like, military people, too, or something? Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, USA Hockey, Russia Hockey, last Saturday, a week ago, TJ Oshie, that was the uh, sixth anniversary of him basically single-handedly beating the Russians on, on their home turf in the Sochi Olympics. I remember exactly where I was watching this game. All right, like where were you at, KP? We'll just go down the table here. What was everybody doing? I was at Orsman Chevrolet working, and I was supposed to be working, but I was in the break room watching it, was about watching it all six, go down it was about with six, my boy Travis Higgins. 6 a.m. start. Yeah. On a weekday. I yeah. Was, I was at Towson in my dorm with Chris Sims just watching the game at 6 a.m. It was yeah, snowing. We, um, it was snowing where, where I was. I think actually. it was my uh, senior year. Yeah, West Virginia. And skipped class for the entire day. Uh, my buddy lived down the street. He came down. There was three of us. We got we met up at 530 at the house. I let him in. I think the game started at 6. By 9 a.m. I was blacked out. I was about to we say, what time did you start mimosas, drinking? We were smashing mimosas, dude. It was 6 a.m., dude. We were smashing mimosas, just like cooking bacon and eggs and shit in the kitchen and I just mean, watching the fucking Americans. That game <laughs> was... a hockey game at 7 a.m. We are like, holy fuck. That game was awesome because it was... It, I think it was the first game of the Olympics. and First or second, yeah. yeah it was I'm, early. I'm very, I'm fairly certain it was the first one, at least for the U.S. Because it was U.S.-Russia. There was a lot of, like... It was in Russia. In was, Russia. And there was a lot of, like... They were favorites that year. Yeah, they're favorites, and there's a lot of heat going into it, and it turns out to like not even fucking matter. Yeah, <laughs> for either team. Yeah, really, it was, it was fucking brutal. It is what it is. It like, what so yeah, f- I remember just being pretty fucked up uh, early in the morning, being like treating it like a Saturday. Like we just won a national championship. Yo, Team USA, <laughs> we just beat the Russians in Fuck like yeah. the second game of the tournament. 
yeah. might win gold this year. And not a yeah, yeah, I mean, we had fucking hopes that year, dude. We we thought we were good. Yeah, I mean, they were good. They had, Is that the year we lost in the gold bronze medal game to Finland? Yeah, yeah, Finland? like got uh, shit on. Like kicked like five one or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. So moving on, uh, a rumor, not really so much as it has been a speculation that some Caps fans have said online. It's hey, if we know Holpe's going to leave at the end of this year. Why not trade him for something and get a couple pieces? Well, GM, BM, he says, unquote, he's our guy. We're going to try to compete for a cup. We want him playing at the top of his game at the end of the, end of the year, unquote. I full-heartedly agree. I thought those people were insane. I may have joked about it, but what in tarnation were, are we thinking? And looking at Hopi now, he's playing incredible, AB. Yeah, I think I said that all year. I think I said our – like what I want to see going into the playoffs is Holpe at it, at the top of his game. I mean, that's if how we're gonna win. If we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna win or we're gonna win or die, or ride or die with Holpe this year. I mean, it's what he deserves. He won us the Stanley Cup already. He's been here for seven years. He's carried this team on his back multiple times, multiple seasons. He's had a, he's won a Vesna with us. He's been a top five goalie his entire career in the cap with yeah. the Caps. I I I think Ooh. it's. More than just a business decision in this in this situation. Highly agree, KP. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I've definitely said on here that we need to look at options for Holpe because give, just giving him up for nothing. Um, I've always been a ambassador for that. I guess I'll say. Mm-hmm. But more the more and more, and I look at it, the more and more I look at the team um, success teams have in the playoffs. I think having a dual goalie um, is going to be the best for us. A goal like dual goalie, not them dueling, but having them. Having Samson off the back of yeah, the, the tandem. tandem, yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to help. And really, um, I really started thinking more. Me and AB kind of mentioned it. I think he's going to be good to have when this expansion draft happens. For hopefully, that's the guy they pick, so we don't lose a forward or a defenseman. So I, I think maybe we're not totally losing anything if you look at that aspect. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're getting this last run out of him. Have Get you? Him. Uh, sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, onward, you. Onward. Have, have you seen? <clears throat> Some of the crazy rumors about the expansion draft. Well, me and you. No, I mean, someone brought brought up brought up to us that TJ Oshie, yeah, was talked about, and I I would never they, have. Seen they said they would not protect. A lot of people are speculating that they won't protect. You get to protect what seven forwards and three D. Yeah, or you can go six and four. Yeah, the last time we did seven and three, so you're protecting. Well, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to take on. Uh, you might not even have to protect Ovi. Why? What are you? What are you talking? About? I don't know if we pay, <laughs> if we pay him a shit ton of money. Who wants to like randomly take that contract on at the lat? A team trying career? to put asses in seats. True. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but, um, so about? let's so go. Ovi Backstrom, Kuzi, Ovi Backstrom, Kuzi, Wilson, Vrana, Oshi, Oshi. Who am I missing? Eller, Haglin, or Eller. Eller. So they would pick Eller. So so that's seven forwards. Lars and your three D are Carlson. What, what people are saying is that they would rather keep Haglin over Oshie because of his contract. No. Which is insane. Isn't that insane? Oshie's contract is actually very good for a potential 35 goal scorer. We're paying him what, 5'2", 5'5"? Right, at the end of his career. It's That's what people don't like. But he's still, it's, he's at what, 5'5"? Five, five? Max? No, no, he's at 8. Oshie? Yeah, or he's at, at least at 6.5, isn't he? I, I'm yeah, I think he's more than five. Are yeah, you sure? He's, he's definitely more than five. They they just signed him for eight years in like a ridiculous amount. All right, let's check Oshie's contract. But back back like I'm just kind of saying, wouldn't you rather out of all the guys in the lineup you just mentioned him right there? Wouldn't you rather you're okay with Holpe going? Because either way, you, he's probably going to free agency. Um, AAV yeah. of five seven. That's definitely not right. Yeah. 
Yes. Maybe right now. He's probably he signed an eight-year, $46 million dollar contract to the Washington Capitals, including a $20 million signing bonus, $46 million guaranteed, and an annual average salary of five seven five. Wow. Yeah, I told you. I did. Yeah. I knew it was in the fives. I thought five max, a five and a half max for some reason. I but thought it was like six. Oh, nice. Lars out of there. No, the, man. Uh, Lars, it's goal. Tucks. Um, we'll get in the, I mean, yeah, we can get in the issue though. But yeah, I think it's a very friendly deal. Yeah, that, never mind. I, dude, yeah. this, this, the past like two years, I've been thinking he's on like an $8 million. Nah, dude, okay. he's always been on a great deal. Right. I love it. So <clears throat> moving right along here. Kind of rumored. I'd ask you, but the answer's on the sheet in front of you. Caps and outdoor games were three and zero. Last one was that stadium series in Annapolis, beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, the Carolina Hurricanes are getting one next year, and the Caps are rumored to be the most likely opponent. Uh, KP, let's start with you. Outdoor games. You've been to two of them, uh, I think. Did you not? I was going to mention that I'm going to cut you off because it's yeah. Tark Albershear, isn't it? No. You're not mentioning that. No. Well, he tweeted out that. The, he heard the Caps are, are out of it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Caps I didn't see are, that. Caps are done. That's yeah, definitely, I'm, definitely not. I'm pretty no, sure it like, it's out. It was like the immediately after. Immediately. Oh, yeah. I see. Uh, some I've read like as early as like today and yesterday from like I verified saw, sources. It were, could like, change. Most this likely this was Saturday when, when all the news was breaking. Um, I saw like three I saw people. It. I saw Samantha Bell. I saw JJ and I saw. Well, I guess, I, guess I haven't seen theirs as much. A lot of what I've been checking is Carolina reporters. And a lot of okay. them were saying. Most likely cast. And I was like, I kind of feel like I should listen to them because they're part of the situation already, guaranteed. I what I, I mean, saw, I listen to all of them, but I haven't seen the local ones saying it's definitely not. Well, who makes the decision, Carolina or the NHL? And how do you get the rumors? Like, how does those rumors start? Like, I don't know. It the three sources that I saw, like it wasn't even like. I don't think it is. They were like, no, Caps are not playing in it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it would be a great opportunity. I mean, everyone wants this rivalry to it happen. It surprise me if it was the Caps. That's, uh, well, right. I wanted it to be. I was like, sweet, we're going on another road trip. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> I'll say, we're buying tickets immediately. It's yeah. going to be nuts there. So, but I I mean, I can go back and look again, but I I think me and Kyle saw the same thing, I guess. Damn, son. Yeah, I think I saw mine from like Sarah Sivian and maybe a – couple others but um moving on uh so we can get through these news and notes here over the bulldog you guys have probably seen him uh years and years i want to say 10 he's uh the cap's famous good boy he's retiring that bulldog uh, any thoughts on that i mean obviously he was there with bark andre flurry in the cup and yeah any thoughts on over the bulldog calling it quits uh great career i mean <laughs> yes. way to have the passion for the team you're always there i love you over the bulldog <laughs> great uh, career. i mean i think it was like 10 years man I yeah. hope your I hope your pops gives you some good treats, some good boy treats for the rest. Uh, Top of poops, yeah, some good steak. And yeah, AB, anything on over the bulldog? Legendary toss. I mean, Kyle hit it all. Great let's, career. Let's win one, <laughs> one, one more for uh, over the bulldog this year. No, Kyle I think he like retired mid season. Like the Vegas game was his last game. Yeah, uh, yeah. he retired mid season. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe he's... maybe he knows some. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe just, we'll see. Just, I just hope he's doing well. You know? Well, they said it was a little bit of a health concern because yeah. he's a bulldog and he's pretty fucking old. Yeah, he's 10. So I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. So I hope he's doing well. Uh, two more keep, things. Keep him in your prayers. Yeah. Well, I guess one more thing here because we can scratch that last note. Wardo, the big cheese baby, the legend himself. Uh, Joe Ward is back in the district. Sunday's game, he's dropping the puck versus the Pens. It's celebrating Black History Month. So I ask you, AB, first, uh, favorite Joe Ward memories? I mean, capital legend. Can we call him that? I mean, just, I just did. It's... It's everyone's favorite memory. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, yeah, beating Boston. If you don't pick that Bruins goal, I mean, yeah. you're crazy. but we got to expand. I mean, I mean, one of them was Rangers in the playoffs when we scored that goal with like point oh, three seconds right. left yeah. in the third period to so, tie and take us to OT. Uh, Legendary. One of my friends, 
was oh did that oh shit uh one of my friends is a huge she's a huge rangers fan uh we were at a towson party watching the game and she's like the only ranger fan in there and we all just fucking were screaming there's probably like 50 of us in it it was like 0.3 seconds left in the third she let like didn't say a word had like the biggest like glare on her face because she's a huge rangers fan she was like eating it up loving it and she no, she hated it. She, yeah, <laughs> well, she hated leading it. up to the gold thing, and that she just won a game in a caps bar. Now, well, yeah, we weren't even in a bar though. We were just in an apartment, oh, and really? she immediately left. She like oh. didn't say bye to anyone. She she left, and I think she went home. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but she didn't. I texted her, and she just didn't answer. She said, "Don't fucking talk to me." I was like, "All right, sorry." Jeez. Shout out Ali Schweizer. <laughs> I mean, that was. I think I was trying to find the video real quick. Oh no! It was the game winner. Yeah, it was the game winner, two to one in regulation. I don't know why I thought I was uh, to tie it to go to OT, but yeah, two or one point two seconds left in regulation. Joel Ward beats him. Caps two thousand fifteen playoffs. Yeah, I do remember that was, that was it was game one of the series too. That's a big win. Yeah, and then we lose that series, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So the last night I had here was is obviously um, doesn't really matter now, but I guess we can talk about it slightly. I mean. Ovi scores tonight six ninety nine, but it had been five games since he scored six ninety eight. Uh, he had sixteen goals in a ten game span to get to that six ninety eight. Five games without a goal, I believe it was twenty seven shots without a goal. Obviously, he scores tonight, but w- t- thinking about that very hot streak to then that very very cold streak, uh, what do we think about that, KP? I mean, I think it's a lot of the media pressure, man. That's in, that's all they were asking anybody. Not o- not just Ovi. I mean, they're asking every guy in the locker room about it. Definitely after that that Kings game where he had that crazy uh, comeback hat trick, um, it just it just went crazy. They didn't even worry about the Caps play or anything. I mean, I think it's kind of put us in a little rut, and I can't wait till he gets over it. Um, we can kind of move on from the 700 thing. Hopefully, he does it uh, against Montreal. I mean, it's all it's been that's been on TV is to chase the 700 and graphics and pictures. Yeah, I mean, it definitely and, gets inside their head. Do you guys not think? Or well, AB, that, I think you mentioned it. They started to maybe force some plays towards them. On yeah, that streak. I mean, I think it gets in some of the players' heads. I don't think it gets in OV's head, though. I don't. I don't think he changes his game that much. I mean, he doesn't no. really have a game to change to at this point in his career. I mean, he's changed. I'm not saying he hasn't changed, but I don't know. It's just I. Th- I think this is how OV's been his entire career. He's he's streaky. He, yeah, I mean that's yep. what happens. And when right. he when he's on a good streak, it's very good. It's the hottest streak that you'll ever see in your well, life. Do you think like it's a lot more frustration because of all the pressure from the media right now? Just to, it's it's because it's just like one to two goals. He and then I like, mean clearly clearly he was like the the media asking him every day. He was like, dude, just stop fucking asking. Yeah, just getting tired of it. But I don't think that like, and then and then on top of that, the media is sitting there saying. Oh, now it's getting to his head. Uh, now that the media is asking him no, all these kidding. questions, and he's just brushing them off, and he doesn't want to answer them. Now it's like, dude, that's not getting in his head on the ice. It one hundred percent is not. Yeah, he's They're not thinking about that. It's probably. I mean, he's. You know, he's taking a ton of chances. It's more of he's just like, but, I just uh, need that bounce for one to get through, I, one to tip. Yeah, agree with like AB that. though. It does not change your approach to a game. It does no. not change your composure in a game. It's no. we're here and, to play a hockey game. And, and, and he even said it during the slump himself that he he said. Look, I'm not. He said, I'm not pissed at all. He said, if I, w- he said, if I wasn't getting any scoring chances, 
then I'd be getting pissed. If I don't have any shots, then I'm pissed. Twenty seven shots in he's five get, games. Yeah, he's getting he's like, I'm getting my shots. It's just it's it's gonna come. You know it's gonna come. Yeah, pucks are gonna come. It's I'm not getting like, pucks on yeah. net and playing the same. They're just not going in right now. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. And again, it's he's a streaky player. That's how he has been his entire career. I mean, there was one year where I think it was the year when he had thirty two goals in forty eight games to start that season, he had twenty three goals in twenty one games. That's are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> And then obviously he slowed down again because well, he only can you for say? 32. Would you say that this last streak he was on? I mean, the sixteen goals and ten games, the stretch of four games where I think he went two, oh, and three, seven. and three, yeah, fourteen yeah. and seven. 14 would you say seven. that's one of the best of his entire career? I'd probably, I'd probably say it's the best and the hottest in in seven games. Yes, and in ten yeah. games, I think it's the most impressive. I think the twenty, I I like the twenty three, twenty three goals in twenty one games is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this late in his career, I mean, still doing shit true. like this is is fucking nuts to yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, he's thirty four years old. It's, right, it's insane. He's going to become the second youngest player ever to score seven hundred goals at thirty four years old. It's kind of amazing that Gretzky did it in twenty nine years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hockey was definitely a lot different back then. But. Yeah, as we said. But I mean, yeah. So it is what it is. So biggest news, I guess, we'll get to. Obviously, it's we're recording Thursday tomorrow's Friday. But Brendan Dillon. Caps make a trade. We get that defenseman, lefty, coming from San Jose. Uh, we have Ben from Circling the Cup, a San Jose Sharks podcast. He comes on for about 15, 20 minutes and really breaks down the trade. But before we get into that, Kyle, KP, first impression of that trade right away? Uh, I mean, I loved it. Dylan is the exact player I thought that we needed before we got over that hump in 2018, a strong Canadian player that plays the game hard. I mean, this is a hard-nosed guy that will play in front of the net. I mean, I've heard Todd say it. I heard GMBM say it. I've heard players around the NHL say it. He's not a guy you want to play against, and he uh, he he takes it to you. He'll 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 bump you around. He's a big dude. He's a big body. I think it's exactly what we needed. A little more size to that back end. Um, brings that physicality that we're gonna need for a deep playoff run. So I mean, I loved it. I never ever thought. Um, coming up to this trade that this was a guy we're even on our radar. I didn't think uh, we'd get a deal I done. I didn't hear the like name this. tossed once. Uh, yeah, and, and I usually you it. do. AB, initial thoughts before we kick it over to Ben? Uh, it, it's what um, GMBM does every year. He trades for someone that we have no idea about. Oh, I, I had an idea about Brendan Dillon. Uh, like not, not that he would come to the cast, but I knew he was out there. I knew he was a solid defenseman. The, the Sharks... They developed defensemen pretty well, obviously. Well, we had talked about, I think, Tim Heed. Is that his name? I, uh, I don't know. Okay, Tim Heed. He was an, he's another <laughs> defenseman for the Sharks that he actually got hurt right before the deadline, but he was a rumor to come to the Caps. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who that was, but um, like they, the Sharks obviously they, they produce good, great defensemen. I mean, they have Brent Burns, but you don't really think of him as a defenseman. But who I think of was Vlasic, and he, and um, Ben said it's like he wasn't too happy with that the Vlasic contract that they got. But I, I think Vlasic is one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. I mean, he made Team Canada, and he's not a big household name. Like, people don't – not many people don't know much about him, but as making Team Canada, you're pretty fucking good. You're getting somebody to know. And he's he's a defensive defenseman. I mean, Brendan Dillon probably, probably kind of took in his footsteps a little bit since they have Brent Burns, they have Eric Carlson, they need more defense, so – um, he met, he also mentions in that interview how he struggled at first and he developed his game a lot better. Uh, and again, I think this name was being floated around the NHL. Um, I don't think 
the Caps were necessarily looking for it because he was left-handed. I think we were stuck on this idea of getting a right-handed. Everybody wanted a right-handed Right. Defenseman. We were stuck on this idea of getting a right-handed defenseman. So that's what we were looking at. We were looking at those players that GMBM might get. He said, if, obviously he said, look, this guy can skate. This guy can play both sides of the ice. He's seen, he's, I guess he's seen him do it before. So, And right now he's, he's honestly playing on the left side. So maybe he's, I guess I don't know who he saw that could play on that right side as a lefty. Right. Um, I mean, they're professional hockey players. They should be able to play on both sides of the ice anyway. Yeah. I, I Like, uh, defensemen, I mean, sometimes like, that's how the game rolls. I mean, you're not stuck on one side of the ice. This isn't squirt peewee hockey anymore. I mean, you could, you, you got to be able to play both it's, sides. Yeah, right. It's it's F1, F2, F3. It's not center, left wing, right wing nowadays, you know? Right. It is, yeah. Um, something else I saw that was pretty funny that uh, Todd Reardon actually got to coach um, Dylan. And, like, when he was, yeah. he was a junior coming out of juniors, I guess. Um, some kind of like no, he, it was like a rookie camp in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, he was. So Reardon was the uh, AHL coach. Yeah, for of Pittsburgh. Wilkes-Barre, and okay. he was he got um, he didn't get. I don't think he got drafted, but I think Pittsburgh signed him to the rookie camp, and that's where he met first met Todd. Yeah, Reardon. he said he ended up signing somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah. Right. So this so that's pretty cool. I mean, he's he's seen Dylan before, and he's uh, yep. I mean that's it, that's yeah, awesome. I think he's gonna be a great fit. He's a bro. I mean, we talked about. It. He seems like a bro's bro. He's yeah. a Cali vibe kind of guy. Yeah. So. Maybe the gloominess of DC will hurt a little bit, but he seems like uh, a good good guy. Yeah, I think he's fine. I, like I don't I don't know, really know if he's like a family man or not. I mean, I haven't looked at that deep into yeah. it, but, but he's um, he's again he's he's a locker he's a great locker room guy. I haven't heard a single bad word about it. Like you saw it, you saw it in his interview. Um, basically, he realized I'm, this is probably my last game as a shark, and he, he broke like, down. That's his fucking family of six years, pretty yeah, much, right. and he was. Like he he loved those guys, and hopefully he comes in, and I don't know how long we're gonna have him. No, I I would hope long term, but well, I mean, I'm that's just another plus to me being a locker room guy and getting oh, that, yeah. that kind this of team has always been revered as and looked at as such a tight knit group too. Exactly, and that and that's perfect to where he fits in. And I mean, you saw guys like Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, uh, Joe Ward tweet out about this guy, so you know, I mean. That's some credibility if those guys are going to take the time and tweet tweet about him. I mean, this is a real serious guy, and I think GMBM did his research. All right. Uh, I highly agree on that. So, with that being said, let's kick it over to Ben from Circling the Cup. All right, guys, we now welcome on a brethren in this podcast game. His name is Ben. He is from Circling the Cup, a San Jose Sharks podcast. We bring him on, obviously, because if you've been living on the rock, you don't know what's happened, but... Dylan is our newest defenseman, baby. Brendan Dylan. So Ben, welcome to Chirpin' DMV. Uh, thanks for hopping on and talking some some new caps with us. Oh, thanks for having me on. For sure. So let's we're like we were just chatting a little bit. So let's start there. I mean, Brendan Dylan, t- tell kind of tell us Caps fans about who he is. When we DM the other night, I said, you know, we we know who he is. We we play you guys twice a year. If you get the NBC game, we'll watch the Sharks. But um, and obviously we became kind of aware with him in that. 2016 Stanley Cup final run. Uh, so, kind yeah. of give us a little pre notion about uh, what we can expect from him. Yeah, so it's funny because the player you're getting uh, today is a different player than he was in that that Cup run. Actually, um, you know, Dylan came to the Sharks uh, a couple years before that in a trade for Jason Demers, a trade I absolutely hated. Uh, we were getting kind of a younger, less mobile guy, and I really liked what Demers brought to the team. Um, and uh, you know, in those early days, Dylan—he's you know—he's a very physical defenseman. Um, he doesn't have a great shot. He's not a great passer, 
uh, and in his early days with the Sharks, he he was physical to a fault to some extent. Like he would take himself out of plays trying to get hits. Um, the Sharks defense was always set up to try to prevent zone entries with their sticks, and uh, guys could kind of skate past him because he wasn't very mobile. Um, so, you know, if you watched that cup run, he was kind of paired with uh, Roman Polak. Neither of them were particularly mobile, and the Pens just wrecked them uh, once mm-hmm. we got to the final because, you know, um, Polak and Dylan were at their best kind of, you know, covering the the, the goal mouth and, and trying to clear pucks. But, you know, if what the Pens did that entire series was just launch pucks long into the uh, center ice and just skate past them. So the thing I really like about what Dylan did after that is uh, about three years ago, he clearly spent a lot of time working on his skating. Um, he came back uh, a bit a bit faster and a bit more, uh, I guess I would say, um, responsive. And you know, coupled with his his instincts to play kind of a safe uh, a safe game, both in the offensive zone and the defensive zone, uh, he became a much better player. In fact, I, I'd argue to some extent because EK sixty five was hurt so much last year and Brent Burns is a forward that um, he was our best defenseman last year for most of the year. Wow. Um, so and what I mean by that is, you know, he's uh, he's steady, he's smart, he's positionally pretty good. And now that he's worked on his skating, he can actually recover rather than let those guys um, skate past them. Uh, and also, he kind of got away from that game where he would sell out for the hit. He will hit a guy. Don't right, get right. me wrong. Uh, and, that, and that's one of the things that his teammates loved about him and I, and I liked about him, too. Um, and, you know, the other stuff he brings is all kind of like about that locker room side. Um, he's beloved here among the fan base. He's great with his fans. He's clearly great in the room. I mean, he's clearly like a, just a genuinely really nice guy. Um, so I think what you're getting here is not just like a steady defenseman um, who's, you know, who's going to make the pass at the blue line at the right time and not turn over pucks too much, right. but isn't going to make a spectacular play, if that makes sense. Right, right. Um, but, he, you know, he knows where he's supposed to be. He's really good at that. And if he makes a mistake, he can catch up now. I think is is kind of my summary for where he is. Yeah, you mentioned being a good locker room guy. I mean, the first guy that came out immediately was Joel Ward saying, Caps, you got a good one, you got a great one. I think in the week or so kind of leading up, and this past week leading up to the trade deadline, it's the Caps talk around here has been it's going to be a depth defenseman, it's going to be a depth defenseman. I think it's the sixth year in a row that our general manager has <laughs> made a trade for a defenseman. But Brendan Dillon wasn't necessarily a name that was tossed around a lot. He wasn't being brought up a lot. Um, so... Another thing we were kind of talking about, too, is he comes in. He's a left-handed defenseman. Yep. The Caps, primarily this season, have struggled on the right side. Uh, namely, Jensen is a guy that's been up and down. Our left defensemen have been pretty well with, you know, Siegenthaler, Orlov, and Kempney. So he, we bring him in. We're slotting him in. And the first thing our general manager says is he's going to be in the top four. Well, our top four is, you got they say he's either playing with Carlson or Orlov. And you like you mentioned beforehand, he didn't play much on his offside in San Jose yeah. so if any really how do you think that's going to translate because like we said we're watching the game now he's playing with Carlson tonight so it's a lefty righty yeah. matchup but if he were to play left and left and he were to be stuck on that right side how do you think he'd fare that's a really good question I, I honestly don't know because um you know we Sharks had a similar deck this year um we've had problems on our right side both with injuries and just with guys who our coach refused right. to play uh like Tim Heath so um you know last year Dylan was often the third uh, or like 50 and then they would uh, match him up with whoever was not in the doghouse at the moment. And, and oftentimes that guy ended up playing on their offside on the right hand. 
Um, I, you know, I don't know that Dylan has much experience playing on his offhand, but I guess because he's not like a, a really risky guy, he's just going to settle in, try to settle in, try not to do anything too crazy and let, um, your, you know, your puck movers do their job would be my guess. Um, I don't expect he'd get totally you know, turned around or, or all effed up because he doesn't play a particularly mobile game, you know? Right. Mm. Um, so if there was a guy, you know, that I would think about, you know, putting on their offhand just purely to provide that defensive presence for a guy who's maybe a little bit more offensive centric, he, he probably is the right call. Now, did he play primarily third line D or was he kind of second top four, anything like that? Uh, so, um, last year, cause the sharks D was so stacked, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he ended up, he ended up being definitely the fifth guy. Right. right. Um, and he was definitely the fifth guy back in 2015, 2016, uh, right. Paired with Polak and before that with, uh, DeMello, uh, who also got moved at this deadline, uh, yep. by a team that was looking for defensive. Teams. Right. Like um, the Jets, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's a great pickup. I loved DeMello and I was sad the sharks never gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think that in that in the vein that he was playing fifth, the Sharks were just showing how strong their defense core was. I think he's perfectly capable of being a third, or, a three or four on on a team, um, particularly as he's he's worked on his speed. Um, you know, if I were thinking about signing him long term, <laughs> and I don't know that you guys are, um, I don't know how long he'll be in that three or four position because he's you know he's going to hit thirty and he's a physical guy and those guys wear down. But, right. Right. Um, I think if you're playing him in your top four, you're going to be granted he's on his offside and who knows. I think you're going to be in in good shape. Yeah, I asked that to kind of lead into this next question, and I don't think I need to ask about power play because, as you mentioned, and as right. everybody knows, the Sharks are stacked. But does he penalty kill much? What's he like on the PK? Um, is he kind of like a main? PK guy or was he for you guys? Yeah, the, I, I don't think he played the penalty kill as much as you would expect for a guy who uh, is a defensive defenseman. And part of that is because the you know our our um, our coaching staff leaned into Vlasic a lot, and right. uh, Braun was here. Those two guys were our our shutdown pair until they were awful. And then um, <laughs> weirdly, weirdly, like Brent Burns is counted on a lot in the penalty kill, which is why he plays like ninety minutes a night. Um, and he's I think more known Dylan, as being an offensive defenseman yeah. too. So Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, and, and even EK sixty five when he was healthy played a, t- a ton on the PK. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I would huh. think he's probably like the fourth guy. Interesting. Maybe even borderline fifth uh, on the PK for the Sharks. That said, I mean, I, I, if I were the Sharks coaching staff, he would have probably been uh, on the PK more. And yeah. I think he's good. He's good on the PK. I would imagine that he's probably going to play top four, top, top two minutes almost on the PK for us now, uh, with this pickup. I mean, we've I'd have to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. basically, we have Carlson and then we kind of rotate between Siegenthaler, Orlov and Gudis gets Gudis, a lot of PK minutes, but, but I mean, I could see Brendan Dillon right. fitting right into that PK unit basically and playing regular yeah. minutes. Well, yeah, he can fit back there with a big bashing Gudis and just be a shutdown PK line. Exactly what you want a guy in front of the net. He uh, he shuts down in front of the net, so that yeah. that's perfect. That's his game. But yeah, um, yeah. I go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think I think the one area you know I I, I hear what you guys are saying with Gudas. I think I would be a little bit. Um, you know, putting those two big hitting guys out on the same PK, you, the you ice, might have trouble exiting yeah. the zone. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like molasses because they both get stuck. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So my this kind of leads into my next question is um, how I, I know we've talked about how good defensively he is. Uh, he and he he gets a lot of hits, but how 
responsible is he in front of our in front of the net? Because for the Caps this year, that's kind of been one yeah. of their biggest issues is right in front of their net, like about like right in the crease almost. Yeah, um, uh, I would I would say he was number two on the team in terms of you know being in the right place, having his stick in the right place, mm-hmm. and clearing pucks. Be, you know, behind um, you know back in maybe a couple of years ago, Vlasic. Mm-hmm. Um, and bear in mind, of course, that, you know, the guys who are likely in front of the net on our, in the defensive zone include guys like Brent Burns, who has no idea where he's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Um, and often some, a rookie who might be out of his depth. So, you know, relative to those guys, I t- totally trusted Dylan to be in the right place and to have a stick in the right place. He very rarely seemed to be the guy who was just out of position on a goal. Right. Um, or sh- could have done more to clear a puck. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, and that could, again, it could just be because, uh, you know, so often it was very clear who was out of position. <laughs> right, right. Welcome <laughs> our guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, he seems like a great locker room guy. I mean, that last interview right there where he was tearing up after their last yeah. game. And he's like, hey, do you think it's going to be a last game? And he's like, well, it's tough. Uh, and then I think the, the factuation is there with the Sharks as Cap fans because I think for years we've been compared and similarized, I guess you could say, as you guys are – Caps West and we're Sharks East. Just I guess the way that playoffs <laughs> have gone for the last seven or eight years for both of our teams. So we've always sympathized with San Jose. We've always been San Jose yeah. fans. So it's, yeah, pretty interesting to get uh, Brendan Dillon here. Now um, we appreciate you been hopping on. AB, you got another question? Yeah. Um, besides uh, his net fraud presence, I guess um, does he make a lot of panic? Like I, I know we mentioned that he's not great with the puck, or you, you said earlier on. But does he yeah. make a lot of panic plays, or does he is he more control with the puck in his own end does he does he feel the pressure to just get it out of the glass or does he make panic play panic passes or what yeah so i what i would say is that um he very clearly knew that his role here was to get his puck get the puck to one of the shooters or puck movers mm-hmm. or if there wasn't a, play, a pass to one of those guys like in the offensive zone he always knew that the sharks were going to set up a cycle so he'd just shoot it uh, towards the net or along the wall to get it to those guys. Right. Um, and he never seemed hurried or panicked about any of it. And I think part of that is because um, he, he, he wasn't ever looking to take that shot necessarily. Right. Like if he had an open shot, he'd do it. And right. if there was a rare moment where he For could, sure. you know, drive the zone on a two and one, he'd do it. Um, but, you know, what he's going to do is he's going to very quickly, he's going to, he's going to corral the puck. He's going to very quickly make a decision. Uh, am I passing it back to the guy who's supposed to shoot or am I going to shoot it up to let a forward get to it in the offensive zone? Right. On the defensive, in the defensive zone, um, he'll skate around the net with the puck if he thinks he can escape. Uh-huh. Um, generally speaking, you know, he'll know where his support is and either bank the puck back or uh, put it forward. Uh, you know, in contrast, again, I'm going to rag on my own guy, but Brent Burns is the guy who makes the panic. I'm just going to throw it down for an icing. Right. Uh, Dylan probably has done it a few times, but you know, yeah. Like well, yeah, I mean, actually speak, he just made a nice patience play, got a good breakout, and the caps are off and running. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing. Like he, he's patient. He, he thinks really quickly on the puck. He, he does. He doesn't pass great, right? He's not going to pile up assists, but he's he's steady enough that he's going to get secondary assists, right, right? Perfect. You know, you know, I talked about how like with Demers, I was, it's funny, I went back and looked at their stats since they left, and I was looking at Demers, and they have almost identical assist totals over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And, and that just tells you that, you know, Dylan's doing what he's supposed to do and benefiting from it, right? For sure. 
Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. if he's well, if he's playing with Carlson now, then he might start racking up those secondary assists and become a yeah. big assist guy now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, we really appreciate you hopping on. We like making these connections with other teams' podcasts, so it leads to future we can hop on. Maybe if there's a potential playoff series, which would mean Stanley Cup. I mean, you guys are. It's been a tough <laughs> oh. year. It's uh, to rebuild. There's some injuries there. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, I guess another question is: Do you see any other pieces being moved from the Sharks? Well, I'll tell you, I hope that somebody's dumb enough to come pull Milker Carlson out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With that hefty contract. I've, okay. heard, I've heard some rumors of Joe Thornton. You think he's going to get moved? Yeah. So, um, I don't think so. I, so I think with, with EK65 getting hurt, I suspect what might happen here is the Sharks are going to weaponize their long-term injured reserve right. money and maybe try to um, bring in bad contracts and picks uh, for stuff. Um, and, and I'd imagine they'd only be dumping some of the guys that they don't plan to, uh, to resign. Um, I, you know, the only guy who really had um, trade cachet on this team was Dylan. We, we've been talking about Dylan moving pretty much since uh, before DeBoer got fired. Right. Um, I just don't think there are any other pieces on the Sharks that are, you know, have, uh, you know, the ability to move and uh, have value, right? I, I wouldn't mind, not mind seeing Brent Burns get moved. Ooh. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody pick Vlasic up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both have uh, no trade clauses slash no move clauses. So right, first they'd have to be first they'd have to be convinced it it makes sense, and and then second uh, somebody would actually want want to have them. Yeah. And you know, I think there is probably enough. There are enough GMs around the league who think Brent Burns is actually good uh, that they might move for him. But Vlasic's been pretty rough without EK sixty five as his partner, right. so that's a, a tougher move. Did you um, did you like that EK signing when it came out? I do, I, and I still like it. Um, I, I don't think it's it's bad. I, the bigger problem is other albatross contracts that the Sharks have that yeah. make it harder to fill in around it, right? right? Um, I, I don't like the Vlasic deal, uh, and I didn't the moment it was signed. Uh, I, I am iffy on the Kane money in term, but I like him as a player. Yeah, right. he's, gr- um, he's gritty. He can score. He can do kind of do it all. He's just dynamic. Yeah, he's been great this year. His, his only problem is he's a total knucklehead. And yeah, and the NHL might- hates him. <laughs> <laughs> my, that too. My my theory of of championship teams is you can have exactly one knucklehead, and the Sharks have two, so uh, that's problematic mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, there's a plus for Brendan Dillon as Ovi scores, but yeah, like we said, Ben, thanks for hopping on. We look yeah. forward to let's reconvene sometime when there's a game between us, and we'll hop back yeah. on. And yeah, like we said, we appreciate your insight. I think our listeners are really going to love a good in depth um, look at Darden awesome. Cap's new defenseman. So thanks again. Yeah. Good luck to you guys. Good luck to Dylan. Uh, he he did become one of my favorite players. Um, After that I'm tweet sad, saying he was on your shit list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, he wasn't great his first few years, but he worked so hard and and, he, and honestly really has blossomed into a really, really good defenseman. So. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of was uh, – as soon as we traded for him, uh, I, I saw one press conference, and I was like, I want to sign this guy long-term, like, immediately. <laughs> I'm, I'm already in love with him before he's even played a game here. Right. Yeah, he's he's such a great dude. Uh, just be careful about both term and, and cap number. Yeah, yeah, luckily we're not in management, so we'll just, we'll just watch <laughs> and nitpick it off. But, yeah. guys, it's been <laughs> Circling the Cup, a San Jose Sharks yep. podcast. If you want to get any Sharks news, go listen to him. Go give it a follow. Uh, we've been tweeting with them, so you can find that on our page. But like we said, Ben, thanks again for all your insight. It was my pleasure, guys. All right, Thank have you. a good one. All right, let's recap these last three games here. We'll start it, obviously, the the three-game West Coast road trip. 
uh, we were all very excited about it. I was very excited about it. I'd been looking forward to it for I don't know how long, a while. So let's start at Caps of Colorado's first game. And it seemingly doesn't feel like a road game. I guess we'll just start with that. I mean, thousands and thousands of Caps fans were at Pepsi Center. I mean, even Oshie afterwards uh, quotes, uh, it kind of felt like a home game for us. It was great seeing all those fans come out, and you could definitely see that on TV and hear it. Yeah, I had a had a couple buddies that are actually out there. Robert Santiago, they actually got a well, whole... Who, who did the Instagram? Him? Or yeah. was it one yeah. of your friends? Yeah, it was my buddy. Nick Barry, shout out. Thank you. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was like, now, All right, there cool, was, hell yeah, yeah, it was awesome to have that on there. Um, but Robert and them, they got an Airbnb, I guess, like a cabin for the weekend in Colorado. That seems sick to I go out he, there, dude. Is he still there? Yeah, they did like a whole week. Yeah, I, I think he's like snowboarding. Cause, yeah, because I saw, his, I've been seeing his Instagram stories, and they're they're shredding out there. Yeah, Shred that the seems gnar, like bro. a good time, a good trip to do. Shred the gnar. Shred the gnar. Maybe in chirp chirping DMV's bro. future. But, yeah, so let's start there. Colorado gets on the board first. A.B., you mentioned in the scoreboard rundown. It's no other than our sweet baby, Burra. It's about three minutes in. Rottenen goes ahead and makes it 2-0. And at the end of the first period, I'll ask you guys a two-part question here. Thoughts on, A, Burakovsky scoring that first goal that quickly into the game, and you're kind of like, holy shit. And then, B, it's 2-0 at the end of the first period. We're losing, and we've been on a schneid lately. So how are we feeling about the team? Uh, I thought it could have got ugly early. Colorado's yep. a very good team. Um, I would agree. Giving them that kind of jump, they really could have pounced on us. So, uh, I mean, that that was big. We didn't kind of let that happen as we go on. But Burra, wow. This guy yeah. this guy totally changes game. I mean, 20-goal score now. Yeah, yep. I mean, we can jump to that. He's That's huge. I mean, being a 20-goal scorer coming from a guy that we didn't believe was a, a top-six guy. So, good for him finding his game and playing well on a very talented team. Yeah, I mean, again, we called it. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Uh, it's we said he was gonna go out and have his best season. We said potentially thirty goals. I think we said twenty five to thirty goals, which is he, he's on pace for. And it's it's not he's really good. it's not surprising. Yeah, it's not I mean, surprising at all. As much good. as we used to shit talk him, it's not surprising. Yeah, he, I mean, he was a little. Uh, I would say he would he was a liability in the defensive end a little bit. Um, I think the big thing with him is that he's playing with a young team. Think? Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. My, my thing always with him was confident. I mean, he Well, that's what I'm that's what I was going to get into. So, he's playing with a bunch of young guys around his age. I mean, McKinnon's not much older than him. Rantanen's pretty young. Burakovsky, he's the leaders of that team are a lot younger. Right. And and I mean, you've seen McKinnon clips of McKinnon get very very mad on the bench, but it's like they're, they, I think he can relate better to them. I think he just gets. I don't know if he gets along better with them or not. I'm not saying he did not get along with the Caps at all. Obviously, yeah, we loved him. I mean, we loved him. Carlson, they, I think Wilson but, went to his house for dinner and shit. And then, party. but I, th- I think getting into the mindset of Burakovsky, I think he almost felt like <laughs> their their child. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And he he felt overlooked here. And he didn't. No, not over. Well, uh, a little overlooked, yeah. but. He he didn't want to let his parents down. He didn't yeah. want to let Backstrom down. He didn't want to let Ov down, uh-huh. and that almost weighed on him. And he just didn't play as well, and he didn't have as much confidence, like you were saying. That extra pressure, I got you. Well, and to I be fair, in Colorado, he doesn't have that. He he doesn't. He has guys that are his age, and they're all depending on each other to yes. play well. It's a very good breakdown and yeah and i just think i, th- I think it helps him out a lot and i think he again I agree with that. he's he's holding on to the puck more 
He's he's not panicking with it. I mean, that's kind of the same thing. And he's just making smart plays. He's also playing with Nathan McKinnon. And he's that's what I was about to say. He's getting he's he's now surrounded by talent. He's getting top six minutes, which mm-hmm. the only way he would ever get that in DC was due to injury, for yeah. the most part. And yeah, now I mean, he's they, getting those minutes. Uh, he's he getting, had his he had his shots. Right. Yeah. I mean, he did have his chances, but, but it wasn't long term. It wasn't. He, he showed wa- moments. Right. Well, not not that he he wasn't. <clears throat> they would put him on the second line for like four games. He's not going to get it done in four games. Right. I mean, he. They put him on the they 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 started on the second line at, in Colorado. He started on the second line in Colorado, so he knew he was going to be a top six guy the rest of the way. And here he's kind of battling for that position. That yeah, like, that hurts your confidence. The ner- that it hits you. You're like, if I have one bad game, I might get sent back down to that Ex- bottom six. Ex- and- right. So I think it was just a clear mindset for him. It's a new city. I mean, it's a he, he literally has rejuvenated his career. And again. Go. I mean, I I know you can't compare his junior stats to his NHL stats. Obviously, I mean, right. No one repeats that except for Connor McDavid. But he was playing like as a junior, he played with Connor McDavid, and he lit up. He lit it up. Lit up the league. So obviously, he was good with players that were. Um. Well, I guess you can't. Anyone's go with McDavid. But yeah. again, he could still light up. Mm-hmm. He he lit it up with guys around his age. Right, sure. guys that he could relate to, guys that he could hang and out McKinnon with. McKinnon is right. very similar to yeah. that that McDavid, so maybe that back from juniors that kind of got him in that mindset. He's, he's comfortable. Um, you mentioned back from junior, Backstrom. He gets the lone goal in the second period. He cuts it to a two-one deficit. Eleven on the season. Kind of feel like that's not a lot, but that's Backstrom numbers for you. Uh, then comes the third. The Caps get two huge ones. We'll start here. Wilson on the power play. Carlson throws it on net. Tommy tips, baby. Seventeenth of the season. We're tied at two. Yeah, uh, this is where, I mean, I mean, we're on Twitter as we're watching the game, right? And we're we're freaking the fuck out. It's two nothing. It's like, God damn it, we're playing a, we're playing bad again. And we all kind of go back to our roots. We all we we're we're texting each other. We're saying, dude, simplify the game. What are we doing here? Just get pucks deep. Get the puck out high off the glass. Go chase it. Go force. Go set a forecheck. And they finally start to simplify it by get the pucks to the point, and when you're on the forward. Uh, our offensive zone, get the pucks to your point, crash the net, Agreed. and just shoot it. I mean, both those goals were tips. Yeah. The, the Tom Wilson the Tom Wilson is a tip goal. I yeah. mean, he's just sitting in front of the net, just causing havoc right in front of the goalie. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, so KP, I'll throw it to you. AB mentioned both goals were tip goals. The next one, TJ Oshie, a little over two minutes left in the game. Jensen, a little shimmy shake at the blue line, throws it on net. TJ tucks it. Um eighth game the Caps have now won the season when trailing after the second period TJ's on a three game goal streak I mean take us through that one that wins the game for us yeah I mean that was surprising from Jensen just I was we'll, we'll start we'll start there he's got the puck at the top and then he does that little shimmy I mean that I mean you don't expect that out of him he had that confidence I mean I guess I would expect maybe him just dumping it in or something like that but uh-huh. it was a nice little move getting it to the net shooting I mean, into his shins or I, yeah, I highly get, yeah, anticipate Jensen throwing that into the shins and it's a break the other way right I mean if you can get to the puck to the net look what happens when you have a talent you get the puck to a guy like TJ Oshie I mean mm-hmm. that I mean if we can get that done simple things like that like AB said just get the puck on net and look what happens and fucking it, quick grind and it, dine baby it, it clearly worked in that game get, sh- simplify the game I don't know why that's not our go to we are a huge team we have five of the top we just got bigger with number four with the right puck we right have there. five of the top 21 hitters in the league why do we not just bang bodies <laughs> fuck and they just scored why don't tonight. why don't we just bang bodies go to the front of the net 
and just play tough. Like we're playing like, like the LA Kings when they won two cups. Well, like yeah. like remember the Pittsburgh game, the hitting that was going on there. I don't just don't understand. We turn it on for certain teams with the hitting and that kind of physicality and I that type agree. of play. If we could bring that every night, like a team like Montreal, if we're just ramming them like that, they, I think they back off a little. And we like I I, I think again we holy go, shit. Did you see that shot? I did not. But we go Here back. Go, watch this. We go back to the Tark episode every single time. But Tarek That's said, a pipe. Tarek said that it's they just some games they they know they can't do that for eighty two games now and and when you get in the playoffs it's more than eighty two games. But at some point you got to stop doing that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, w- if the strategy is to not win the Presidents Cup, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like I love <laughs> yeah, that but idea. we're playing bad, bad. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about it as we get a win, and we're talking about it as Holpe stops thirty two of thirty four, and he looked pretty damn good in that game. Right, and again, I think it's all because. I mean, it was a slow start. It's been a bad. It, we've had very uh, a lot of slow starts, but I think it's. I think this game was all about simplifying the game. That the, the Avalanche were clearly more talented. I, I wouldn't say more talented, but they were faster. They were way faster than us. It's fun watching them. Yeah. yeah, and and we we had to we had to kind of we had to slow the game down. Get a lot of whistles. Throw the puck on net. If you're dumping it, dump it on net and crash the net. Hopefully, you get a whistle. I mean, I think keeping that game to a lot of whistles slows them down. It slows the game down and keep the puck along the boards and just win the board play. It's huge. It was huge too, coming back from a two nothing deficit to a huge team like uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean that that I thought would build some confidence. I mean, it wasn't the greatest game, but the pool went out like that. I think that that does build some team team mm-hmm. confidence. Yep. I agree with that. So, Caps get the win, starting off the road trip 1-0, and then next up, Arizona, game two of the road trip in the desert. Biz, Nasties, Yotes, Taylor Hall, Phil the Thrill, you name it. KP, two rows behind the glass. Just you, We touched on it at the beginning of the episode. Take us through the overall Gallia Arena. Take us through the experience. Take us through what it's like uh, at a road game in Arizona. Yeah, the Gallia River Arena. Um, It's a smaller place. It's not that big. I mean, inside, even me and my dad were talking. It kind of seemed like a concert venue. I mean, walking around huh. the concourse. Probably it, is. It's, it's not the biggest place. It, I mean, we looked it up. It's, it was actually built for the Coyotes, like for, mm-hmm. for an ice hockey venue. They do have some concerts there, but didn't seem like there was going to be a bad seat in the arena. I mean, we went all the way up top to the nosebleeds Saw and walked, that, yeah. walked around. It was still i mean those were still could be great seats so it's a cool arena i mean they did have a lot of lot going on a lot of music a lot of action trying to get the fans involved um went up early for uh warm-ups and there's tons of little kids around the around the glass just trying to get pucks um i was on the coyote side and it was pretty cool at the end a couple of their guys were just flipping pucks to them Mm -hmm. so i mean it was great being that close to the glass saw a lot of action uh I mean, great seats, great time in Arizona. Yeah, look like it. Uh, so let's get into the game itself. Uh, Dvorak gets the Yotes on the bo- board first. Ten minutes later, Hags, KP, your boy. I told you I had some stats for you. His fifth of the season, nine points in his last 11 games. Uh, that's an assist from Boyder. Uh, I guess we should mention that he has been in. He's absent for Kuzi. Kuzi, as we're watching it back in this Montreal game. Uh, so talk about that, Haglin. That goal is right in front of you, right? First period. You're on the net, you're on the side where the Caps score twice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we see that. I mean, that that that's a big goal. It's kind of like a, a grinder goal, I would say. It wasn't yep. the, the prettiest goal that happened, but I mean, th- those are the ones you want. Any goal is a good goal. Yeah, AB, we're one-one there um, after the first period. And you got to think, could be a good road trip actually. Yeah, uh, you you kind of steal two points in Colorado. Definitely, uh, 
Well, I shouldn't say we just we didn't deserve those. Um, I thought the last hat like thirty minutes of that game uh, was probably the best the Cavs have played all season. But going into this game, yeah, uh, it, you think it's uh, what is it one one right now um, against an Arizona team that we feel is inferior to us. I mean, we should kind of take it to these guys. They do have some star power, but again. I don't understand why we just don't bully the shit out of every single team. Well, even watching the game there, I just felt like either team was waiting for a mistake to happen, waiting for something oh, to happen. Oh, no. It was kind of just it. like back and forth. The team's yeah. going down. Yeah. Neither team, like, for a good part of that game, I felt like neither team really had great chances during that, I guess. It was a weird game. Yeah, in the, I in remember the middle text, of, like, I remember the first being like, it's weird, but it's a very good game to right. be at. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, What you kind of just touched on it. We, I don't know about, I because I, I, again, I'm not watching the Coyotes as much as I'm watching the Caps, right? So, Obviously. they, we just couldn't set up a forecheck for some reason in that game. No. I mean, it was one and done. That's every, problems we have, though. Yeah, it was one and done every single time. and I mean, it wasn't a problem earlier in the season. Now it is. And it's, it's a serious problem. We need to hem them in for... Like a minute to two minutes at a mm-hmm. time, if we can, but it's just not happening for us. And uh, I just, I think when our forecheck's I've, bad, it's been bad. It's been pretty bad. It's also has, I think, it has something to do with the NHL kind of changing to yeah. this defensive, these not offensive defensemen, but these puck moving defensemen, well, which I, want, I've mentioned before. I think these, if you have a bunch of puck, if you have a bunch of defensemen that can move the puck as well as these kids can now that are coming up and now they're coming with size too. That's just, it just helps you out so much better because it's, you, you can't get any offense if your defense can't get you the puck. Well, you, if you want to bring up four checks too, another main issue the cap's been this year is getting the puck out of good four checks. I mean, when teams are four checking us, well, I'm not saying Arizona did, but since we're on the topic, like the caps have had issues breaking out throughout the season when a team pushes us, when there's when there's speed involved, right? Yeah, and when when, when the team presses us, when there's a, an aggressive forecheck with speed, and Arizona is one of those teams, Carolina is one of those teams, Colorado is one of those teams. Well, I and think so. I, I mean, uh, just a couple games before that, we yeah. played the Islanders, and then in that little yep. span, we played. If you look at it, we played a lot of fast teams yep. and a lot of overcoached teams, teams with not a lot of great talent, but a lot of coaching and systems involved. Right. The other thing I see happening is with because we're we're talking about these uh the the opposing four check right. on us. We're doing these stu- so we're trying to break out the puck, right? But we're doing these stupid ass five foot passes in our own zone. These Nobody's cute moving. These cute little one touch passes that we think is gonna work and it's not against these fast teams. Dude, just again, simplify the game. Our te- our game is size at this point. We're kinda we're kinda old. We're huge. We're big as we're- fuck. So Simplify the game. High off the glass, go for it. Well, let me verbatim say exactly what I said on the last Capitals podcast we did. A highlight real goal for the Caps is the Backstrom dump, a Wilson hit, and he fucking tosses it right out to Ovi in the slot. Right. It's it's as, as easy as that. We're in the zone for three, maybe four seconds. Backstrom chips it in. Wilson fucking throttles somebody against the boards. He gets the puck. He tosses it out. And Doesn't even have to hit anybody. Wilson coming in, is barreling in, is going to scare a dude out of position. He picks it up, tosses it to Ovi, and it's a goal right there on top of the crease. And Wilson has the sh- – he ha- is kind of a threat now too where he, he can has, score. He, he can score where you can dump it to Ovi's side. He ha- forechecks Hash harder. marks in. Wilson's almost a guarantee mm-hmm. if he gets a good shot off. Right. 
It is what it is. So scoreless second period, third did, period. Well, Kyle, did you have something to say there? It looked like you had something oh, yeah, to say. Um, not really on the four check. The only thing I was really going to mention when you guys were talking about the breakout with the defenseman is those forwards got to help out too. I they definitely do. noticed yeah. it one time in Arizona. I mean, it might have just Dude. been one shift, but I saw all three forwards all the way up at the red line. The puck's still in RD zone with the D. They're breaking unreal. out before, and they're not giving, giving that support that's needed. So it's, th- it's unreal. That's, and, that is peewee hockey. And I, know, <laughs> and I know that's something that's been talked about, but, I mean, we've really got to be more on on this team defense more than we're criticizing the defense so uh, much. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I, I we, with it. we talked about it before. It's it's ridiculous that all three forwards are at the red line. It is. And, and our two defensemen are at the dots. I mean, you're you're making them try to make a 40-foot pass, maybe right. even more. And that's when you're getting those turnovers and the stupid shit in the neutral zone. Yep. yep. So scoreless second period, third period, Kessel, power play. Two to one game, probably like three minutes left. It's all caps, man. It's fucking push, push, push. The boys are buzzing, trying to tie it. They pulled a goalie, and it was one of our best six on five performances of the year. I mean, we had six, seven shots. It felt like, but um, Kraus emptying that goal, twenty eight seconds left. KP, that was on your net. I mean, talk about that frenzy the Caps had there to try to tie the game. Yeah, I mean. I just I thought they were gonna poke one in. It looked like it. Uh, they were really buzzing, but it's just another one of those things I've seen like the maybe the last I'll say five to six games. It's a little too late. Caps' best performance is in the third period in the last ten minutes when shoot they're trying it, to make it. trying to make a comeback. So it, they just they can't keep doing that. It definitely gets the team in Arizona. I mean, you you can't be looking for a win or a tie with two minutes left. They they play. It, it's just I guess they played their best game to me. When it's a little too late, if they would have played that way from the start, it's totally different because hundred percent they were buzzing. They and were buzzing, yeah. and we've and we got away with it early in the season. We scored so many six on five goals. We th- we just think we can keep doing it. And we right. fucking can't. And I, you can't do that every fucking game. I don't think it was an overly bad game by the Cavs. I still thought we played very well. I mean, I mean even Biz said on Chickles today, like Ronta stole they, that game. They stole the game for him. Ronta, they stole the yeah, game. The, the goaltender stole that game. He yeah, said. I mean it is what it is. I mean Holpe played well even though twenty seven to twenty nine, and again, like I said, Holpe plays extremely well, and that's two games in this road trip that he's played very well. Right, and I, this is that's another thing that I said last episode is that I I think you give the reins to one of them. I think you give it to Holpe. It's it's kind of time. It's mid February, getting into March. You let him start rolling here. It looks like he's going to. I still like. Small sample size, don't want to jinx it, but hopefully he continues to progress like this. I mean, obviously we still have to keep Sammy's legs warm. Yes, you, you can't keep, just sit him for a month. Right, you then. got you got to play him sometime. Well, also, but, you want to rest Holpe. You don't want to burn him out. Right, we know right, that can happen. Right. It's, so you mentioned giving one guy the reins. It's a three-game road trip. You expect two and one. It's off to Vegas now. The last game, the three-game roadie, Caps one and one so far. It's Holpe again in net, third game in a row, third game of the road trip. Uh, like you said, AB, back in the um, scoreboard rundown, it's back on home ice, sweet memories, baby. The save, Lars Eller, Sapphire, DSP, boobs on the glass, <laughs> DSP, facing Chandler Stevenson for the first time throughout warmups. It was kind of funny. The Vegas account was posting to Twitter, it's not the Caps one, but I guess trying to troll us, but Chandler was just firing pucks at Caps that were stretching. Was he just, really? Yeah, just firing puck. Like, like I think at one point Oshie was like down on two knees, like stretching, and Chandler just rips like three pucks off his shin. That's pretty funny. <clears throat> he could have gone and just slabbed Oshie's ass. That's what Oshie does to everyone, right? It is. Well, him and Grubauer were buddy buddy before the yeah. Colorado game, and then he posted a pic about him. So, caps six p.m. start, kind of funky because we're used to that nine p.m. But President's Day holiday, I guess we got an early start. 
Uh, it's let's see. It's two nothing Vegas after the first, and here we are. Boom in a hole ASAP. I dude, these slow starts. I mean, you can't. You got to put together a full sixty minutes. They have not done that in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, these starts are hurting us. Just like I said, we we keep trying to we play our best minutes in the third period, and it's too late against any any NHL team. I don't yeah. care if they're last place. You can't be trying to win games yeah. in the last couple and of minutes. I, I, someone said to me while this was happening. They were like, uh, they well, they put up a stat in one of these games. I think it was this game that Todd Reardon's like goal differential in the third is like plus twenty seven or something like that. I'm like, who cares, dude? Who the f- yeah? I mean, look at I a mean, whole game. I mean, yeah, sure, it's great to be that high in the third period, but dude, he's fucking losing in every game. Yeah, like, and that it's it's just it's ridiculous. Like you can't. It's like, oh, that's a great stat. That's that's like I I don't know if they were trying to prove that that's why Todd Reardon's a great coach. Well, what it shows to me is that. It, he is not preparing these guys correctly. It, it, that's exactly, exactly what exactly. I was going to say. When you're looking at a start, I mean, you can blame it on the preparation of the players. I know these players have what AB loves, that shit uh, in the hallway before every game, getting them hyped up. I mean, I mean, I guess they got to find something. Awesome. Yeah, but they got to find something to get them going maybe. I, I don't know because you can't keep having these 2-0 starts even though two goals is the worst lead in hockey. But getting Coming from behind is is not a way I mean, to be a it's winning team. Six straight games that the Caps have been scored on allowed the first goal because it wears you out too. They mentioned this, and including they, tonight, did we go up on? Yeah, we did go up on that tonight. They, but it was six straight games. They mentioned this. Um, I, I think um, Todd Reardon mentioned this too, and this I actually like for the first time watched one of his press conferences, and I actually did like a lot of his answers, but he what he mentions here, which I didn't even think about until now, is that you go down in a game like that. And it throws one. It, it already throws off everything, right? You're you're kind of like, all right, shit. Now we have to be. Now we're in comeback mode. Maybe it throws off your game plan. One that happens. Two. The next thing that happens, you got to overplay everyone. And yeah. they've they've been having to overplay everyone for what four weeks in a row now. It feels like. Well, yeah. Your guys' I mean, biggest thing is him playing the best players on the ice. Right. I mean, when when. Eller's having those hot games. Well, two or three games or before this road trip, when Eller had by far was the best player on the entire ice, we didn't have him out there for the six on five, but we yeah, got but into the bait. I'm not even going to yeah. replace him with. I was going to say, I'm not even talking about that. It's just yeah. when – so then your your third and fourth line, who some would argue five on five is, could be your best performing line, even though they don't they don't score a shit ton, but they, they – Fourth line grind. They hem in pressure. They When you're down a goal, you can't really play them that much, which I – I mean, I, I guess I, I knew I, I like I knew that was happening, but I just didn't think about it while it was happening. So those guys are now getting besides Lars Eller, probably the rest of them and Haglin maybe because we're on the penalty kill so fucking much. Um, the rest of them are getting like <laughs> like eleven nine to eleven minutes a game, whereas Ov's got to play twenty one minutes now. Because we're losing. Backstrom's, yeah, Backstrom's got to play. We're 20 always minutes. climbing back in. Right, and it's and it's wearing down on and just the fact that you're climbing back is also kind of wears on you mentally a little bit. It's just exhausting to have to come back. It's it, not as exhausting when you're playing with the lead. Exactly. I mean, we saw it in the beginning of this year when we were winning. Things were clicking. I mean, John Carlson didn't even know what the fuck was going on. He was scoring every single game, getting a point. I mean, th- things just click, and right now they aren't. So, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe they need to go do laser tag or something yeah, together. Maybe. So, Pacioretty, lone goal in the second period there. Caps, three-goal hole coming into the third. We're feeling like shit. We just went into it. So, third period now. Let's skip to it. Oshbabe gets us on the board. Then, 
again, he's got 24 now. He makes it 3-2 to two with a good at least 10 minutes left in this game, and we've got to be feeling pretty good at this point. I mean, it's a shitty game, but it's been a good 10 minutes, Yeah, and we're a comeback team. Yep, and then uh, the, here's another one of those games that's just you play like shit for 40 minutes, you play decent for 20, and you turn this into a 3-2 to two game, and it's like, oh, it wasn't really that bad. Well, they got shit pumped. We're so skilled we can right now kind of afford – to play a 25-minute game and still make it a one-goal loss, but come playoffs, we're going to get shit pumped. But, are, yeah, I was going to say, are they learning anything from losing 3-2? to two? No, because you think you had a good game. That 25 minutes thinks you had a good game. Yeah. And when I say game, I mean 60 minutes. Right. And well, maybe this little rut will help us learn to be a better uh, team that comes out in the first. Maybe this is something we can learn and build on long-term. Maybe it's not something we're going to find out how to do right now, but, right. I mean, luckily this is happening now and not, Right up to the playoffs. Right, and that's, again, uh, uh, that press conference that I actually watched with Todd, he he also mentions that, too. He says, look, this is a learning experience for us. Uh, not, He says, I don't remember a single Stanley Cup winner, winning team going through some adversity throughout the season. This is the These are the lessons that you are taught during the course of a regular season, and it's a good thing that we're learning. We're learning these situations now rather than playoff time, which, good point. Uh, we saw it with Tampa last year, and we're seeing, yeah. we're kind of seeing it with Tampa yep. this year, honestly. They went through they went through some adversity in October. Now they're uh-huh. rolling. Um, uh, this just happens to be from all the way from, I would say, Christmas till now, it feels like. Um, they're starting to – they're starting to pick it up a little bit, I guess. A little bit, yeah. But it's – because he just ate shit. It's just as we say that. <laughs> it's they. It's just the starts, you know. It's it's the starts of these games. I mean, that second period was kind of brutal too. But they, they they prove they can they can play each game, but it's always just not enough. They don't they don't do it long enough. Um, and I mean we've seen it before with teams like uh, last year with Carolina. We saw it with St. Louis last year as well. Teams that heat up coming to the playoffs. We saw it in 2018 when the Caps. Teams that heat up going into the playoffs are way much better off than a team that right. close to the regular season. Right. Limson. Yeah, we've seen it. We've been president's champs, and we've got crushed. I mean, we've seen Tampa do it, getting crushed by Columbus. So, I mean, maybe this is a blessing in disguise, and we get right. hot. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is I don't – we have I've, – I've said it this year before. It's time to panic, and it was way too early. Billman, I think – I you think s- last episode we had – we said if we go 0-3, we hit the panic button. But a 1-2 road trip's not great. Uh, it's not It's not great, but you – yeah, we mentioned last episode, is it time to panic again? My panic button is not out. It's, no. It's, it's going to be – I think the time to – I think we have a month to get this together. I, I think mid-March – Like digressing again back to Tarek. Yeah. Mid, Figured out by March. Mid-March is if, – if, Shit is not clicking by mid-March. Then it's like, boys, we're fucked. Yeah, we not fucked, but we gotta <laughs> it's get not it going because right you now. still you still have another two weeks. Honestly, I mean, what if they don't click until like the week before? Well, this this team could change. Yeah, from between now. I mean, and, if we win Monday, our last 24. three games of the regular season, I'm feeling good. And the other thing is, I mean, we we're ragging on Todd for not making many changes. He hasn't really changed the lines at all. Um, do you? Do you want to see the lines changed, or do you want do you do you want to see him trust in the system that we have and just get through this battle tested 
I don't know run. as much as I want to change lines as much as I want to. I I do and I don't. I just want to whatever it's going to take to figure out the lines and then yeah, start to get I, some consistency so so players can get some chemistry going into uh, sure. the playoffs. I think I I think you change centers. Wrote, uh, I think you keep Back all the wings. I think you w- keep all the wings. The wing sets. I think the wing sets are fine. I think you ch- kind of rotate centers a little bit. Even Lars. I mean, yeah, even Lars. Fuck it. Throw Lars in I there. Mean, we'll get to it in like a couple minutes with Blake here. But yeah, right. Lars. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good to to what am I trying to say? Yeah. I not play with, but like test test some different shit out now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the time. Teams aren't always the strongest in February, so right for sure. So let let me throw a couple stats at you, and then we'll talk about. Uh, one last subject before we throw it over to Blake. So, Oshie on page for 33 tucks this year. Uh, Verona, two assists that game. Dowd, career high, nine hits. Carlson, assist, ties the singles career high with 70 points. Holpe, he stops 26 of 29. Four games over the last four appearances, I should say, has stopped 97 of 104. That's the topic we're about to get into. But three and six on our last nine, 11 and 11, 11 and 11 in 22 games, starting with that 7-3 loss at Boston. Uh, Metro Division, last 20 games. Penguins, 14-4-2. Jackets, 12-4-4. Hurricanes, 11-7-2. Rangers, Flyers, Devils, Islanders, Caps, last at 10-10. Not good if we're trying to win a Metro Division title again for the fifth or sixth year, whatever the fuck it is. It's a lot. But let's end it with this before we go to Blake. Let's talk about it. What are our thoughts of pushing Holpe those last three, the, the entire three games of the road trip, I, I think we've really pressed on every aspect of the Caps game except goaltending, which is usually our hot topic. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, like you said, I think we figured out the whole B situation. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's it, they, it's just execution at this point. I think we get into it with stack with stack guy Blake. I think I think the only thing to fix right now is the is the execution with it. How much do you look back at? Oh, we were doing all that blaming of Holpe and uh, not really so much a Samson off. But how much how much do you blame blame that on more of the team defense now? Kind of looking back as more as we were saying Holpe's. I know he was giving up weak goals, but do you blame a lot of that stretch where Holpe was playing weak on him or? I mean, I. I don't know. Yeah, no. Games. Yes and no. I mean, there were some. There were some pretty bad goals. Yeah, there, there, there were was. bad goals. Uh, and, I mean, but that that could. But now he's stepping confidence. up when the team's playing down. Right, and w- I feel like I. I mean, I feel like I said that all. I feel like I said he's he's gonna figure it out. Um, well, if we're technically uh, okay, team vote real quick. Is he officially back? Av, I don't want to jinx it. So no, KP, no, <laughs> me, no. So if we, when we do declare, he is say next podcast. If we win a couple games, I don't want to. De- well. I don't want to declare it. I don't want to say anything. This, this this will be our seesaw effect. So at the beginning of the season, we were sucking them off. The last couple weeks, maybe months, we were kind of trashing them, and now we're kind of teetering back on being back on the Hopi bandwagon. It's it's a nice I little mean, ripple effect yeah, throughout we, the season. Yeah, we were ripping him, but I'm. Fairly confident. I'll, I mean, maybe I have to go back and listen, but I'm fairly confident that I kept right. saying he's gonna figure it out. My, yeah. Uh, my biggest thing, I mean, you can go back and listen, was always uh, at even the summer, the beginning of the year, was his confidence with this whole Sam Samson Samson off thing and going back Samson and Lammy. forth and his confidence and his head. You know, hope he's a head big head Him. guy. How he's gonna handle it going into the season, and I think he's handled it great. He's been a professional, and like AB just said, he, instead of kind of like shying away and being like "fuck this," this organization giving this kid a chance, not hey, proven to me. I mean, 
You can a player can do that. He he can he could have been ignorant and done that, and he didn't. And he's anybody gotten, know this trivia question? Keep going. Sorry. I Rod, mean Rod Langway. By the way, who was the first player to wear number four for the Capitals? My guess is Rod Langway. Bill, Bill Mickelson. Okay, 1974 to 75. Interesting. Fuck. KP, continue. Damn it. But yeah, he was, number, sorry to he was, he was number five. I'm a fucking idiot. Rob Langway. Whoops. AB's drinking too Can't, much vodka right now. We'll, we'll cut that out. It's like, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, he could have he totally came into the season with a different head. I mean, he has a head case, so I'm, I'm really happy that he's kind of finding his game, and he's kind of shut me up a little bit. Uh, he's playing well right now, so. There it is. So with that being said, let's kick it over to our boy Stat Guy Blake for a little uh, stats and info. Bark down. Off the bar. Bark, bark down. Us bark and down. Off the bar and down. All right, guys, we now welcome on uh, Blogger, if you've been following us. It's Stack Guy Blake here. He provides all the informational stat-filled blogs that we're kind of too dumb to write about or understand. So, Blake, welcome to the pod for the first time. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? What's up? Thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to have you on. So we brought you on because we're going to do a little bit of stuff here. Um, well, first, kind of tell us about yourself, how you got into the Caps hockey for the listeners to get kind of get a little feel for you because they hear us twice a week. So, Yeah, so I got into, I got into hockey at a very young age. Um, uh, my dad has family in Canada, so he grew up a big Canucks fan. And uh, I've, I've been watching ever since, you know, late 90s. Um, uh, my favorite player growing up was Richard Zednick. Mm, um, Caps legend, baby. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've been pretty much a, a Caps fan my whole life. Uh, I went to Ovi's first game because tickets were super cheap back then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and uh, I've been a fan ever since. In high school, I fell in love with statistics. Um, and so that's what I ended up majoring in. And so I've been kind of trying to... F- find ways to make those two two loves match up yeah and he's been doing it i think it was like a two weeks ago or something some lady tweeted about something stat related and blake threw his blog at her and she was like i love a good reporter that comes with the facts and i was like fuck yeah (laughs) he's getting the reporter (laughs) call to him now so good stuff so we got you on we're gonna we're gonna play a little game here i guess you could say so we're gonna have you suggest a couple changes the cap should make because that's what you tweet about i know you love the whole uh eller and oshi line so we'll, we'll have you go one by one kind of give us kind of suggest a change that uncle todd should make provide a little stats to him we'll sit here and debate it and see if we think it'd work or not with our dumb brains all right sounds good uh so kind of the first thing and and you kind of alluded to it that i that i've been big on lately is um swapping eller and koozie um not not as not as a demotion for kuznetsov so much as a pr- promotion for eller um i think he and Vrana have uh really really good chemistry um i also think koozie's having a bit of a weird year statistically his um his like course four percentage so his shot attempts uh is at 45 percent, which is the worst on the team of the kind of everyday players right um and so he's he's really not generating a lot of pressure but that being said his shooting percentage right now at five on at five on five is 18 percent, which leads the team it's also a lot higher than it's ever been, which yeah. I, don't, I don't think is sustainable. That's usually at like thirteen uh, percent, right? Yeah, about. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think, um, I think the team would probably be better served if he was uh, on the third line with uh, Hags and Ponick. Um, you know, provide a little bit of finish for those guys who have been, you know, they've been 
you know, generating a lot of pressure, playing good defense, but they haven't really been able to put the puck in the net until kind of recently. Um, so yeah, your thoughts. So, um, well, well, let's, yeah, let's, ahead, let's though. start this way. Let's from our side, let's think of it like this. Let's not think of it as let's take these changes as if it were to happen in the Stanley cup playoffs where, you know, every game's do or die and not as a regular season game. Um, so, A.B., why don't you start? What are your thoughts on if we go Koozie third line, well, my, Eller second? My only my only question about that is would Koozie, I guess, mesh well with those two players, with Ponick and uh, Haglin? Because Eller's – he's obviously got more grit to his game than Koozie does. Koozie's not really a gritty guy, and that third line just – they kind of like to grind grind it out. and not, I wouldn't say pound it, but they, they get the puck deep. They grind in the corners, they win puck battles, and then they they generate scoring chances that way, which Kuzi doesn't do much of. I mean, he does sit, he'll sit in the high slot, I guess, and they can get him the puck, and maybe he can yeah. finish. But sometimes I think Eller helps out with that grind. Do you think that would affect them at all? Um, you know, I I don't know. There's not been a huge sample size of Kuzi on the third. There's been a, a much bigger sample size of Eller on Ooh. the second line than Kuzi on the third line. Right. Yeah. But um, just kind of going based on, you know, watching them play. I think, I think it would be kind of fun to watch, uh, you know, Kuzi and Haglund fly around together. Yeah. Um, for sure. That's like, a lot of speed. Yeah. Go ahead. Like you said, you know, I, I do think there's a grit, a bit of grit to their game that there isn't necessarily in in koozies, mm-hmm. um, but I honestly think that could end up complementing each other. Like like you said, with you know, if koozie kind of sits in the high slot and they go and get pucks deep and feed them to him, that you know that might be the way to go for those three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, in the simplest terms possible, it's Eller, a two way player, getting replaced by koozie who is a playmaker dangler type sword and as koozie's world class his talent is but he's a guy that i think strives off of having goal scorers around him um good players with him like that cup run when he had ovi and he was just getting point after point after point and we're cutting limp we're cutting number we're minutes down if we're thinking about it so kp you got anything to add to it uh yeah my thing with that was always just i don't think koozie can perform at the top of his game on that third line i don't think just like you were, if you were saying uh, the scenario is they're in the playoffs, I would much rather have Kuzi on one of those top lines because I think he has a better chance uh, to perform his talent. Like when he's on top of his game, he's he's definitely a better player than Eller. And I think uh, being on that third line, Kuzi wouldn't really uh, wouldn't really be able to get that that those points because of because he's losing minutes. Yeah, losing yeah. minutes, you're losing time. I mean, you're not playing with Ovi. You're not playing with Oshi or Vrana. But I mean, to Blake's point too, it's a third line that the past or the second line that the past three games without Kuznetsov has been very well, arguably our best game, best line on the ice. So yeah, well, that's because I mean Eller. I mean he's he's been yeah. he's been the best player since yeah, we've had this little drought. I, yeah, I think um, Blake don't. Uh, if don't let me put words in your mouth, but I think what you're saying is Eller is a type of guy that you can almost put anywhere in this lineup. Correct. Yeah, I mean, if uh, honest to goodness, if Kuzi and Bastion went down, you could probably put him with with you know Ovi and and Wilson in a pinch. Um, I, I wouldn't rely on it, but right. if you know two guys went down, you could trust him on that first line, mm-hmm. and and they'd you know they'd get through. Right. Um, you can put him anywhere. Right. For sure. So I think that's good. Uh, let's go on to the next suggestion. What should Uncle yeah, so Todd next, do? Uh, my next suggestion is is um. Uh, so s- some of it he's already done. Um, uh, putting uh, Dylan, the new guy, with uh, Carlson 
is probably what I would would have suggested. Um, and I like the moving company to the third line, although it hasn't worked out well tonight. Um, I think it would uh, benefit from some sample size, but um, uh, I'd really like to see um, Siegenthaler and Orlov together on that middle pair. I would agree. Um, they're both solid defensive guys, especially Siegenthaler. He leads the team in block shots. Um, and he really hasn't turned the puck over pretty much at all, which is something the team has been struggling with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think, obviously, the best guy that you could potentially put Dylan with at this point right now is obviously John Carlson, you know, our potential Norris-winning defenseman and offensive defenseman. He's a good shutdown. The guy comes in. It helps out because John is a righty. Dylan's a lefty. So it works there because when GM, BM said, well, we might go Orlov-Dylan, you kind of get skeptical because Orlov – takes chances and he's kind of risky and then on the other side you might have Dylan who's on his offhand who doesn't play much on his offhand so it's kind of interesting do you I mean come playoff time who is your ideal top six Blake my my ideal top six would probably be uh uh Dylan Carlson uh Siegenthaler Orlov um I, I guess Kempney Gudis I Maybe keep Siegenthaler and Gudis together because they they have been playing well. Right. Um, uh, it's that middle pair is so weird, man. Just because Jensen's a bottom a bottom pairing guy, and he's kind of been been shoehorned into this middle pair role, and it's just not working out well for him at all. No, and you don't want to lose a guy in Siegenthaler who's becoming a solid defensive defenseman, blocks a lot of shots. Uh, I, and I think the other part about it is Orlov is just having such an inconsistent year. There, there's There'll be two games in a row where I think he's one of our best players on the ice, and then the next game he's one of the worst, and he's he's just turning the puck over. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So. pretty much. Like, KP. So from uh, what what I guess I'm getting from what everybody's saying, you guys are all in agreement that you like Siegenthaler over Jensen. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Blake. Yeah, I hate Jensen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't like him for shit. I. He's fine, but he's just I, I, JJ Regan has been been posting a lot about this, and I, I and I think I agree with a lot of his reasoning that that Jensen is is a bottom six guy, and he's been playing on the on on that middle pair, and that's on just top four I role. mean, yeah. it's it's like trying to put it, it's like if you put Ponick up there with Ovechkin and Backstrom, yeah. it just wouldn't work out. Right. And I think he came in with a. Um, I guess when he came in, he was advertised as the new Niskanen, the Niskanen replacement, younger, the same skill type, and obviously it's not, he even is close. not even close. The Caps fans are giving a pre-kind of hatred to him, towards him for that. Um, so that, it is what it is. So moving on, uh, you got another one? Yeah, so the, the next thing I'd do, which would probably be the most drastic, would be trade for Kreider. Um, I think uh, – the caps you know as we learned from the cup run scoring depth is very important for for winning a cup and um we've got some talent there but we don't necessarily have the the scoring depth and and i think Kreider could be that missing piece um the price is going to be high and the competition is going to be high as well um but he's he's third on the rangers in goals and he's leading the rangers in shooting percentage without being any without it being you know this outrageously high for his you know he, he's not doing like how koozie is like six percent higher right. than normal he's he's only like one percent right. higher than normal but he's leading the team now his his asking price i guess we kind of know what it is it's definitely a first rounder and then some some more assets is that something you're you'd be willing to give up for a rental for and a guy that who, you might just have for one playoff and who would you give up i mean 
if we have to get rid of a player, which you got to think there's a good chance we do. Um, it, give me, so in terms of player, it would have to be either Ponick or Jensen. <laughs> yeah. um, Take them both. I, I think they were oh. shopping <laughs> Faravari too <laughs> when, when they brought him up. Um, I mean, we maybe we could give up Boyd, but um, <sighs> I would probably uh... lean Ponick. Um, uh, I'm not as as down on him as a lot of people are, but I I do think he's probably the best option because um, we do want Jensen for some depth in case of injuries mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. Um, so I'd say I'd say get um. If we're going to give a player, probably Ponick. Um, if we're going to give a first round, see if they'll give us, see if they'll take next year instead of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they wanted a third thing. I think they wanted a prospect. Yeah, something it's, like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's either a prospect yeah. or another draft pick. Mm-hmm. Which what, what prospect do you think they'd get rid of? That's, uh, that's probably a bit over my head, but I'd... I'd <laughs> like, I would um, say, like... The top, the two names that come to mind for me that they're kind of willing to, because they're in win now mode, obviously with Ovi and Backstrom at 34, 32 years old, mm-hmm. is Ferivari or however, however you pronounce it, or Alexiev, honestly, which I would not, I, I think Alexiev is a key prospect for us, but I th- I've seen his name thrown mm-hmm. around there. Um, I I'd be curious what um what the rangers would say if we offered them juice too um they just scored keep going yeah juice uh, is juice is in there um i don't know i you know juice obviously is is a special place in my heart being part of the cup run but you know you you got to think practically about these things um and he might be a decent piece to offer them um i mean i don't even know i don't even know if they would Take, there's, I think um, TSN was saying that there's like four other teams who are like serious contenders for Kreider. Um, it's like Boston, I don't know. Um, us, Colorado, St. Colorado, Louis. St. Louis. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, we'd be giving them a low, a low first rounder and a, and you know probably a mediocre. Like we're not giving them McMichael, obviously, right? Yeah. That, that. So, I I don't know that they would even take anything we have to offer, but I think you got to at least make the call. Right. Yeah, I agree. But I just think like, do they really want Richard Panic? And I mean, our draft pick hopefully is going to be a, a late, late first rounder. Yeah. And again, I, th- I don't. Well, to interrupt you, sorry, Billman, but, but I don't see why they wouldn't want Panic. Like everyone, you keep saying like, why would another team want Panic? I don't think. Panic. Well, you're you're a team like the Rangers. Why would you want a guy who's older in his career? I mean, he's not a veteran guy. You're not making a playoff run. Your team like the Rangers. You're looking for a rebuild, maybe a locker room guy that has a little bit of term. That that'd be a guy. Maybe but they're more. If you're a Rangers fan, you're looking at you yeah, would look at that and be like, rebuild, who the hell guy? is this guy, and what the hell does he bring to the table for us? He's a third or fourth liner with that's low cap, so they can go after other guys. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's. But you know how fans are. It's like we want a guy that can score goals and win hockey games. <laughs> so. All right, that they think that's good. You got you got any more? Um, that's about all I got. Good stuff. Well, I um, think those are all pretty solid topics. Well, let's let's talk about Brendan Doan a little more. Like, uh, the, how do you how do you think he's going to pan out for this team exactly? Do you think he's going to be a good fit in locker yeah, I think in, on the ice? 
Yeah, I think um, I think he's going to be a great fit uh, in both. Um, I don't know if you you saw the video of, of Nick Dowd interviewing him, quote unquote. Um, so I think the guys have definitely already embraced him. It was it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so funny. so he's clearly already fitting in the locker room. Um, he's going to be big in terms of bring back team defense. I think. Um, I think the Caps have kind of lost a, a bit of physicality in their game over these last few games, which is. Um, I believe Tark El Bashir mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the on the podcast is just going to happen over the course of the season. Right. But I think we need somebody to to kind of make it happen again. Um, it does need to come back eventually, and and I think a big hitter like Dylan is going to bring that back. Um, he was uh, let me find it here. Uh, he's averaging nine point three four hits um, per hour, which is about the same as what Gudis is is hitting. Okay. Um, huh. so pretty big hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's keeping pucks away from the front of the net, which is obviously, you know, been a big point of concern for the caps, even before we really started slumping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll be really important. Um, one of my questions is, so going headed into playoffs, I think there's, there's three things that every team needs going into the playoffs to in order to win the Stanley Cup. And one is great goaltending, obviously, and Holt, we're starting to find it in Holpe. Two is I think you need center depth, which we have. We It just it just kind of depends on how consistent Kuzi can play because I, I, right. I think we know what we're getting out of Lars. We're, we know what we're getting out of Backstrom. It just depends on what Kuzi could, uh, shows up. But the third one that has obviously been probably one of our weakest spots besides our own defensive end is uh, special teams uh, and the power play. What do you, do you see them doing differently that can, I guess, bring success to this power play? Because we've obviously – I don't know if you've listened to us, but we've we've discussed it all year long. We've said so many different things that they can do just to change it up, and it doesn't seem like they're really changing much up, and it's still running at a pretty poor pace. Disgusting is November. a polite it, word yeah. for trashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like one of the worst in the league right now, which is such a crazy thing to say because you know for talented. so long. Oh yeah, I well I think I think some of it is they've just gotten in kind of rut and they're not really they're not really moving their feet a lot right. on, on the power play. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of motion. Um, I think, and I I've mentioned this before in an article is is um, swapping. Uh, Ovi and Carlson, not really to to make that our system so much as to just kind of rotate loosen them. guys up, yeah. maybe get a lucky bounce and get get their confidence going again. Right. Um, I think I, I really think the, power, the issues with the power play is is um, execution, not system. I think that the standard with Verona subbed in is pretty much the most changes you can reasonably make that'll actually work i think i think making crazy ridiculous changes to the system isn't really going to do much i think the guys just need to get their feet moving uh-huh. um passes need to be crisper uh break-ins need to be crisper um they need to keep the puck in at the blue they, it kills me every single time i see Ovi and carlson just let it bounce over their sticks like yeah you, know, you need you got to get your ass on the board and, <laughs> and keep it in i mean ov has um, got to be the worst at keeping holding the, the line puck. yeah holding yeah. the blue line uh like yeah and 
So I've mentioned and, I mentioned and, it before, like like sometimes why not rotate him to the front of the net? He does score a lot of goals in front of the net. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that, that, and to go back to your, your point, I think the best year he had in terms of keeping the puck in the zone was probably the cup year. Mm-hmm. Um, if that just goes to show how important that is to the power play, right? Um, but yeah, I, I could see him rotating in front of the net, um, taking maybe Oshie's spot once in a while. Um, I think uh, during Ovechkin's one game suspension for uh, skipping the All Star game, yeah, Oshie was in that spot. spot. Yeah. And and he did fine. I don't remember if we had any goals, but he he did fine. And so so swapping that to get again some lucky bounces, get some confidence, get some get some feet moving could could be good. Right. And I read that article too. I think the other big thing is um, the uh, faceoff wins. I mean, we're getting yeah. killed in faceoffs this year yeah. all year long. And, yeah. and honestly, right. if if we don't win that first faceoff, there's already thirty seconds off the play off the power play. Exactly. I've I've always said uh face-offs face-offs is a statistic or stupid individual face-offs are very important uh-huh. and it, on the power play there's not there's not a single more important face-off in the game than the first face-off of a power play yep i would agree um that that can change a whole game right there and and we've just been getting killed in that area yep. and, and i think it's it needs to be fixed mm-hmm. For sure. So there it is, guys. That guy, Blake, hopping on, breaking it all down for us. Uh, we appreciate everything you're doing with the blogs. They're insightful. They're they're awesome. I know the boys are reading them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, next it's, time. It's, some of the, it's, it's very, very good writing, and uh, props to you on it, and thanks for helping us out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thanks, guys. Love it, man. So, yeah, next time we'll, we'll get you back on soon, and the next time I guess we'll just have to do it in person on the Zoom and have some beers about it. But uh, Sounds good. Blake, we appreciate it, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Bart. Down. What a shot. D, you fucking idiot. Thanks again to that guy, Blake, for hopping on. AB, you're <laughs> screaming about the defense right now. Uh, you just mentioned Carlson and Dylan have been on the ice for all three goals against. Yeah, I just read that on uh, Twitter. Um, and then, KP, let's talk some trade stuff because we'll, we'll live talk through these last 240 of the game. Caps, again, down 3-2 to two to Montreal at home. Kovalchuk's a possibility that we haven't really brought up tonight. He's at like 800,000 KP. We're watching him right now. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, I mean, you can see the connection with Ovechkin and the Russians. Obviously, they know him. They played with him. But like, I mean, he's obviously been a resurgence from for this Montreal team. They've talked about his skill being there and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, I don't know if he's really a guy that I think is perfect for us. Maybe. I think more of a guy that we should look for is a grinder guy. I mean, it's it's definitely not going to happen, but a guy more like Wayne Simmons, a guy who's not afraid to go in front of the net, stay in front of the net, uh, grind a little bit. I know we have uh, that fourth line. It's real good, but we don't really have that guy that's making a net front preference pre- pre- uh, presence. presence every time he's in front of the net. You like know Chris's what I mean? presence. Right, exactly. Like a, a guy preference. like Sean Avery that's going to go in there and cause that havoc. I mean... Yeah, don't you uh, think you'd rather have a guy like that? I mean, I don't think we need the skill of a guy like Kovalchuk. Yeah, I agree. I, I doesn't hurt, but I hundred percent agree. I've I have not been on the Kovalchuk game. At no, all. I just think it'd be wild ever since Ovi put that picture up of them in dinner. Well, I mean, you were talking dinner. about it earlier. How about the Kuzi Kovalchuk yeah, Ovechkin line? The Kuzi Kovalchuk Ovi line. You just have all Russians, and then we fuck around, and you know, maybe Yoshi's now a third liner with Heller Hecklin, and shit gets crazy. I mean, yeah. it, and Colville's Chuck scores 17 goals in the playoffs, look, and we're pulling Holpe with a minute 48 left. Do you think that we make another move? Just yes or no? Probably not. Yeah. 
Alex, yes? You say Matt, yes, no? I say no. You think I don't just, think it's a huge move. I think we make it. Just something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know you'd rather be a defenseman probably, though, still, right? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, well, I, would, I, just, take, I would take either. I would take any move. At I think refine on D, I only say that because it's – say Jensen was the odd man out. If, yeah, if, we make another, if we make another move – I would like Jensen for it to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously. Well, my point of it was because, and I can get you two debating real good here, is Alex has been really big in the last week in my ear about this panic guy but and how we much need... we've been trashing him. And, Billman, you've been a trasher, a part of me. So I'm all I, about the trade. I mean, no! No! You, fucking rats. You'd much rather see somebody come in and replace place him where Alex wouldn't. I mean, we're, let's let's get into that. Like, where? Why would you rather? I mean, we don't, like I said, We've touched on Kreider plenty, but I'll just bring it up real quick, Kreider. No, straight to panic. Why? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If we have to get rid of him, I would get rid of him in some type of Kreider deal. I, I haven't loved panic at all, like at all this season. I don't think he's been all he's cracked up to be. Granny wasn't cracked up to be a ton of anything, but he was really, cracked up to be something at least. I don't think he was. Like I think I we, don't. I don't think. So. I guess we've always been spoiled as a third line. But yeah, that's exactly what I said this week. No, Alex hit the nail on the head with me. He said that we had too much expectations to him to be the next Brett Connolly. What the fuck are we shooting off the side of the net for? Yeah, we oh, just, way too much. I never thought he would be. Right, and I, that's. I don't think we had like I don't. Like when we signed Panic, I wasn't like, "Oh, sweet, we just got Panic." I was like, "All right, cool, we cool." Like we got a solid dude from Arizona or wherever. We got yeah, uh, I Chicago. We, I, when we got him, Chicago. I thought it was a strong veteran guy. Oh and shit, that that was I would, open. I would agree, and I think, and I kind of think he has been. I mean, I he hasn't. Sure, he hasn't blown you away, but he hasn't. I don't think he's done anything wrong. I mean, you said go. Yeah! <laughs> oh, ducked it. Tommy Tommy! We fucking talked about it, man. Him in the crease is dangerous. He just jammed that fucker home. Nice, hey, KP. Put, Hell guy, yeah. put guys in front of the net and you see what happens. Holy baby. jumping, what a goal. Oh, Tom Wilson jams it home. 3 3, 20 seconds left. Look at fucking. Oh, and now they might get away with another win after they've been losing. After some dumb shit, but <laughs> I can't even remember what we were talking about. This we're talking just about skyrocketed out well, of the seat, but boom, jamming home, big man. Let's we were, go. We were talking about panic, and I was just saying, I don't think. That he's done like egregious things compared to Jensen. Jensen has been egregiously bad. He's made or break games, and yes, and there have been games that are, or there have been goals that I have seen that are a thousand percent his fault. I mean, I know Kyle picked out one for panic that one game against the Penguins, but but that's, that's one. That's one game, and you've called me out on it, and you've said, "Tell me why I don't like panic. Tell me why you don't." think he's a good fit and really i can't i can't find a huge thing he yeah like, he's a systems I, I just, player and i i think uh you're kind of right he I, yeah i just think that we're we're finding a player to blame and it's panic for some reason yeah yeah because there's no one I, else to throw it on I that mean, i want to throw it on i mean for me well, I he mean, was the biggest new guy to the lineup i would say maybe no yeah maybe i don't and i i mean i said like I kind of, uh, I've been ragging on Hathaway lately because he he's getting a million scoring chances and just can't fucking score. Right. But and I, and I know he's not a goal scorer, so it's that's not why we got him. But still, as an NHL player, you got to put a couple away. Yeah, you got to co- look at DSP on the fourth line. He scored seven playoff goals, and who knows? <laughs> he and that was more than DSP had all season long. So who knows if ha- maybe Hathaway comes in and does the same fucking thing? Right. And then I shut up, and then Very I'm like, true. all right, sweet way to go, Hathaway. I'll introduce you to his dad. I just think. That- <laughs> I just think that <laughs> panic is just getting a lot of shit, and I just don't really see why. I just he's 
he does the he does the small things correctly. He gets the puck deep. He plays tough. Um, he's he's not getting bullied around out there. Whereas Jensen, I'm seeing him make very bad decisions, and it's just I don't I just don't see the hate for him. Obviously, if panic is involved with the trade with Kreider, I'm gonna like that. Obviously, but anything that's gonna up your team, make I just, your team a better team. Everyone's yeah. just like, we need to get rid of panic, and I'm just like, God, dude, he's not the issue. Yeah, you're I mean, he has no. his plus minus is positive. The third line's probably been our best line for the past two months. I mean, we've talked about Ovi yeah. and Wilson's plus I hate minus. How right you are about that? Uh, like, uh, oh, uh, honestly, he is. Ov Ov's line has probably been the worst defensively. Which I mean, everyone's yeah. everyone who's not a Caps fan who fucking hates Ovechkin is going to be like, see, oh yeah, yeah, minus eleven, blah minus blah blah. Whatever, right now. He's a minus eleven. Jensen's ah. a minus six. Who's who's second worst on our on our team? For sure. So. Caps are going to overtime with the Canadians, and Ovi's one goal away from 700. So let's get into quick Cap stars of the week. If Ovi scores while we're doing this, you can call dibs on him. I'll go first. <laughs> Give me Holpe. Three-game roadie. He stops 85 of 92, uh, arguably kept the Caps in all three of those games. I'm not, like we said, I'm not saying he's back, 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 but he's certainly on his way. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm just going to steal the only other option, pretty much, which yes. is TJ Oshie. Country Roads. Uh, I think he had, what, like four goals this week or he something? Four, <laughs> he had a lot. He's on three and or four games. Our goal team streak. has been pretty bad. So. KB? I uh, was going to go with Haglins because he has that goal in the only game I was at, the Arizona game, but a little different. Going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to go with uh, organization capital, GMBM. There you go. Oh, wow. That's the first time that's ever happened. Clap they don't shut him on the ice? Oh, Huge. fuck. Huge week for GMBM. Wow. I mean, we did not, wow. we did not see that defensive move happening. I think it's a big move. I did move not see that coming from you. That's a yeah. great cap of the week oh, right thank there, you. buddy. Jumping. Thank you. KP. Oh, fucking Wilson. Onward. That yeah, was, I mean, uh, I, that, that that trade was just, I mean, we didn't expect a, a player of uh, this this talent to, to get here. And for San Jose to take half of his salary cap, I think it was a huge deal and a great deal. So mm-hmm. props to him. Yeah, I'm very shocked that they actually retained half of his salary. I didn't think that was coming. For sure. So let's quickly preview these next two games. It's the we're at the Devils. Is that tomorrow night? Tonight? I uh, should say tomorrow, Friday. Tomorrow night, Saturday. Saturday. So it's back to back. So we're yeah. at the Devils on Saturday. Any thoughts about the Devils? I mean, they just kind of dumped their whole team. Yeah, I mean, it should oh, be. It should shit. be. He almost got through. Should be two points. Should get us out of this slump. Should get us feeling good for Sunday. Yeah, I would like to pump them so that they get some confidence. But the I mean, thing I hate about it is teams like the Devils when it gets they got nothing to lose now. Yep, nothing to lose and just young guys trying to. Oh, he just gave a. I just let in a goal. Re- oh yeah, he did. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, that was kind of weird. Did not see that puck at all. Yeah, well, like and the, the ref didn't give the. They had the goal sign. That sucks. Fuck. Bad overtime loss. But the Devils are a team that have nothing to lose. They got a long, young talent. Guys maybe trying to find their spot in the lineup for next year. So that that's where teams get scary that are out of it. They got nothing to lose. And we're a team that plays down to teams. So that's what fucking scares me. Right. Um. And uh, what's this? Our third, third or fourth loss in a row now? Third loss in a row? Third loss in a row, yep. So... Who knows what's going to happen here? I mean, you would think I, you would think that they're going to, you know, kind of jump on the Devils and take well, advantage. Well, this game might even take advantage of two points. That's why I, I going into this game, I thought that they might pump Montreal. I mean, Mont- they've Montreal's given them some tough games this year already, and I thought that they would come into this game and kind of 
show them that, hey, we are a top five well, team in this I'm league. I'm saying, like, this loss might have GMBM thinking, like, okay, now let's definitely make a move. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Even more very, than if we would have won the game, per se. It's very it's very possible that it could happen. But, yeah, I'd, like... I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting for the Caps to basically get out of this slump and be like, let's fucking pump a team. You know what I mean? It's, like six it, five one six one. Yeah. Especially with what's coming up and what we're gonna preview next. I mean, you got to start wanting to play better coming up against some big matchups and uh, yeah, we got Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh three so, more I mean, times. The, yep. the Devils game should be a game where you kind of get some confidence knowing that that next game is going to be a, tu- a toughie. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you said Pittsburgh a couple more times. Sunday uh, at home, another Sunday like noon or 1 o'clock, wherever the fuck game it is. And I mean, I like these games because it's NBC and it's this, that, and the other, but what's up? Do you think we're going to go Samson off Devils, Holpe, Pittsburgh? Yes. Probably, yeah. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. You need to give Holpe a break now. He's lost three straight, not by any fault of him. Nope. He made some big saves at the beginning of this game again to keep that kind of hot hand alive, even though the team's playing like shit. So Pittsburgh, yeah, Holpe, probable net, we think, we're assuming. What are our thoughts? I mean, if, what are your, what? so I'll ask you this. KP, what are your thoughts about the Pittsburgh game if we lose to the Devils? AB, what are your thoughts about the Pittsburgh game if we win versus the Devils? So we'll start with you, KP. Uh, if we lose, I mean, it's, it's an even huger game no matter what the – the opponent because you what's that a four game losing streak there you don't want to slip into five especially a team like pittsburgh you're battling right now um they're in first place and we just lost another well, we got a point tonight so i think a, we're tied with them a both. four game losing streak to the hands of they have two games in hand it's four game losing streak to the hands of a bad devils team that ab just went in depth about so yeah so if we lose that game i mean you got to come out firing um i'm really excited for this game for brennan dillon i mean this is going to be a hard hitting game test yeah it's his it, next two yeah, I mean, I mean, but his game is home, physicality, home game, and that Pittsburgh. is that is Pittsburgh. So if we lose this game, I I think it's a big statement game. This is going to be a national broadcast game. I think it's a probably a noon game again or an early game. Yep, yep. How can he adapt to the rivalry like AB said that Gudis did so well this year against Philly against Pittsburgh? I so. mean, he's definitely been in this with San Jose. San Jose's been in these battles, so I mean, he knows what is expected, and he he's the exact guy we want a hard hitting guy against a fast paced. Uh, Pittsburgh team, so mm-hmm. it's ex- exactly what we wanted. But let, um, you're telling me to come off a loss, and I, I think the first thing, if you're coming off a loss against Pittsburgh, you got to get the first goal. So yeah. on the other side of that spectrum, maybe say we go in the Devils to New Jersey, we beat them four to five to one, something like that. It's a it's a stout game, it's a solid game, and how are we feeling going into Pittsburgh now off of a big win that you've been looking for? Um, as much as I just said, you need to pump a team. Uh, if you pump the Devils going into the Pittsburgh game, I think you clear that out of your head because uh, you know it's not going to happen again. Correct. Um, I think you you wipe that memory. You you move on to the next game. It's it's kind of the Bill Belichick approach. Uh, we're on to Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't I don't think you dwell on this Devils game really at all because it's the Devils. I mean every every hockey team's obviously good. Any hockey team can win on any given night. That's kind of why we love this sport. But they're they're just not a playoff team, so no matter like I don't I don't think I think after the game after that game is done, obviously if you lose, you're you're going into Pittsburgh, trying to learn from the mistakes that you've been making. But you're also you're also in a four game losing streak, so you should, probably should have already been doing that. Yeah. Um, I think. think that after pumping them, I, again I, I've said this like three times already. I think you just clear that out of your head because and you get ready for a 
very, very physical game between two of the biggest rivals in the sport. They're li- fighting for first place. Yep. I like that. Either way, win or loss, I think that should be the mentality. Yeah, so I think I, I, I don't think you think about the Devils at all after that game. I think you think about your own play. Um, and, and if they if they play great, awesome. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Finally, play responsible in front of your own end. Play responsible or in front of your own net. Play responsible in front of your in your own defensive end. That's I mean, that's their biggest issue right now is playing responsible. They're not. Right. And I know, Billman, you mentioned this, but uh, this Pittsburgh game is a couple of days closer to that deadline, one day away. It's the so, day, yeah, the day away. So, so, I mean, we lose this Devils game. We lose this Pittsburgh game. I know you mentioned GMBM after a loss tonight. I mean, how, game, how much more is he trying to get Kreider, like a, a, a real straight. powerful guy after? Last game, they didn't have Jason Zucker either. Jason Zucker's a huge ad for Pittsburgh. Yep. So. And the Caps, uh, Rob Carlin just tweeted, Caps have lost 5 of 6 at home, 5 of 6 overall, 7 of last 10, 11 and 11, 11 and 1 since that 12-23 loss at Boston where we got shit pumped. We're not a good hockey team right now. Plain and simple. No, yeah, it's plain and simple. It's it's pretty much that. I mean, as much as we were joking, we're not good about the Todd Reardon firing. What if he loses like 8 games in a row? I mean, it's too close to the playoffs. Now. I'm available for hire. <laughs> I'll put my name so in the it's ring. It's too close to the playoffs at this point. I guess. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna. It's obviously not gonna him. happen. But like, I'm just, I'm just gonna put it He's out speculating. there. Speculating. Like I said this like three months ago. Oh. <laughs> well, let me give you this. Caps have a good playoffs. Do you still, at the end of the year, look at get a new coach? I don't. I don't, no, I don't no, think no, they do. No, no, no. They love him. I was to say I don't think they do. But I mean, so. Right. I mean, if it were my choice, I think I think you know my answer. Is what it is. Yep. So that that should do it for pretty much all things caps. Caps. It's Alan May. It's Joe B. It's Locker. Uh, all of them on the screen right now. Just yeah, couldn't tell you what they're saying, but they're probably like this team is a bunch of idiots right now. So AB. Um, and yeah, that's those are that's it. That was just, today was a long episode. I think we're roughly around three hours <laughs> of total stuff. We'll cut it and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say we can. We can cut. Couple things. Um, Twitter, nine hundred eighty nine followers right now. We're so we're on the, we're on a thousand watch. Do we give out a uh, we give out a prize something? for a thousand? I mean, we're eleven away. Might as well. So it could be huge. We're eleven but, uh, away. Are we still so we signing off here. Yeah, I got nothing left. I mean, we. Killed it today. Happy Friday, everybody. We were buzzing. We yeah, were buzzing. I mean, a lot going on. A lot going on with the Caps. A lot of shit. I mean, like I said, when you go Tuesday and then not until the following Thursday, you feel like you miss a month of hockey. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of shit that went down. I mean, a lot. There was some fucking million trades. And I like getting, you know, Ben back. I like getting injuries. A lot of things could happen between now and the next time we talk like to you guys, ben too. On. Yeah. So, potentially at the Caps game Sunday in a sweep. Potentially AB's in Philly. Potentially... What it is, what it is. Uh, the DC defenders, though, however, will be three zero undefeated. So on that, uh, we say goodbye. Peace out, boys. Peace out, boys. Like, subscribe.